Welcome to another episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number five. Uh, I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me, Mike Corwin. Mike, how you doing? Great. What's up, everyone? Yeah. All right. We're in for another episode. We are... Why was that weird? <laughs> that was a little weird transition, wasn't it? I was expecting, I think, a little bit more from you. Uh-huh. And and you, once again, under-delivered. Uh, we were. Ju- I was just saying you're my guy for this podcast, and I would never replace you. And you, you came in weak. We just had this discussion too, um, and here I am. Yeah, yeah, with negative ten. Kleenex sticking out of your nose, <laughs> coming in, coming in weak. <laughs> That's not a lie, by the way. Yeah. I do have Kleenex in my nose. Let's <laughs> let's get this back on track because we're already <laughs> off track. Not even a minute in. All right. Episode number five. Uh, me and Mike are going to actually talk some football today. So enough about me, enough about the agency stuff. Um, so let's talk some football, Mike. We're going to talk college football playoff. Uh, that was announced today. I don't think any surprises there, um, but we'll touch on that. And then over the next four weeks with Mike, so the next four Sundays, um, we're going to do a deep dive into each division in the NFL. So today is going to be uh, the North. Winter's coming. So we're going to talk about the NFC North and then the AFC North. Um, and we'll, we'll go through that. We'll, we'll have a little bit of a rhythm there. And then we're going to close out today's episode with the top five player names. And there are some good ones. There are some gems. So get pumped uh, if you listen to nothing else. The top five names will yes. be great. Go to the end and do the top five names. All right. But also listen to our podcast, please. We're going to have some great content today. <laughs> so so yesterday um, was Championship Saturday. Um, some great games. The best game of the day yesterday was actually the 11 o'clock game. Baylor versus Oklahoma State. I don't know how much of, you, how much of it you caught. Peaked in and out. Did you see the end? No. So um, Oklahoma State, ranked fifth going into yesterday, was driving. They threw, I think, four interceptions. They turned the ball over a ton, really shot themselves in the foot. Still, they had a chance to win the game. They, it's fourth and goal. They run, the, they run a play. Running back gets to the edge, is heading towards the pylon, gets tackled you know that pylon cam they have oh yeah finally came in handy and you just see the guy stretching and he was inches short oh. to lose the game destroys oklahoma state's uh opportunity for a playoff berth uh congratulations to baylor and dave aranda former badgers defense coordinator they're big 12 champs and knocked the big 12 out of contention phenomenal game a little bit of redemption for baylor is what it sounds like, right? Yeah, I mean, like, they're Big 12 champs now. Um, you know, they're. I don't know what bowl they'll get in. I don't know when they announced that, if they did already today. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, not, yeah, not the big dance. Not the big Didn't. dance. Nope. And then and then we had Alabama-Georgia. Ended up being kind of a snoozer. Uh, Alabama rolled. Roll tide. Roll yeah. tide, for sure. And the scary thing 
if you're a Georgia fan, is Georgia hasn't beaten anybody this year. Like they came in undefeated. It was them and Cincinnati were the only two undefeated teams. And everybody was like, Georgia's defense is legit. They hadn't given up, I think, more than 23 points all year. And Alabama had that by halftime. So ranking-wise, we're looking at what kind of matchup, Alex? So I have I saw your list before we started. It's a little bit different. The matchups are the same. So we have Alabama, Cincinnati. I had that as 1-4. And then 2-3 is Michigan, Georgia. Um, I think it's the right way to go about it. I, I'm glad Georgia didn't drop to four because I didn't want to see that rematch right away in the first in the semis. Um, so it'll be Alabama versus Cincinnati. Man, I hope Cincinnati can do it. All right, they have some cats. They have some talent. They have. They have six guys going to the Senior Bowl this year. So six guys, six seniors that are legitimate draft choices. And then they have a handful of juniors that, you know, obviously aren't eligible for the Senior Bowl that will also get drafted. So they have some talent on that team. Now, Alabama's Alabama. And but experience in Cincinnati is what is what we're hearing. Yeah. I mean, they that uh, their quarterback Ritter, guy can play. Um it'll be it'll be interesting. I hope Cincinnati It'd be nice to see them knock off Alabama just to give the non-Power 5 schools some credibility because you could tell the playoff committee did not want Cincinnati to make it. Why do you say that? So they were on the outside in like the last three weeks and then because of the teams ahead of them that kept losing, they, they, they bumped up. And like even yesterday... They were number four going into it. They blew out Houston, who was their championship game. And still, they're still the four seed, and they're undefeated. Alabama has a loss, Michigan has a loss, and Georgia all has a loss. Georgia, who hadn't really beaten anybody, got kind of blown out. I could have seen Georgia all the way come down to number four with Cincinnati going up to three. But again, I'm 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 almost happy it ended that way because I wouldn't want to see Alabama play Georgia right away, especially back to back, right? Like, yes, would love to see that as like a final or like a semifinal. Well, there's only there's only four teams, so it you know a semifinal is is right away. What I think, what I think um, would be the worst case scenario is if Georgia beats Michigan, and Alabama beats. Uh, Cincinnati, just for the pure standpoint that the SEC would be able to do SEC things and tell you that they're better than everybody at football. For another year, yes. Yes. So uh, as much as I hate Harbaugh and the Wolverines, I hope they take care of business. And they looked good They looked yesterday. dangerous. I mean, 42-3. to three. Can we say? Beat down on Iowa. So you watch that game, right? Yep. Like nighttime game. Like they showed up. Uh so I watched the like first half of that game where it was still a game and I saw Iowa drive get stopped. If that little trick play goes for a touchdown, maybe they get some more momentum and maybe they keep it closer, but Michigan just looked like they're too much. Can we just agree? Harbaugh chugged a gallon of whole milk before that game. <laughs> yes. Like the way that team played. His his khakis were extra pressed. Oh yeah. Oh man, painted on. Yes. Yeah. Uh yeah, that guy 
all of his calcium for like the month. Yeah, and he got a double Gatorade bath. Did you see that? No. Got two tubs of Gatorade. That's how <laughs> pumped they were. I mean, Michigan Michigan has a legit defense. They have two defensive ends who will go in the top 10 in the draft. So if you're OSU, right, and you're on the outside looking in, do you bring back like an Urban Meyer? who is the Harbaugh kryptonite. So, like, obviously that won't happen. No. But that so Ohio State, uh, Ryan Day, their coach, their loss to Michigan, I believe, was his first Big Ten loss in three years. He was undefeated in the Big Ten. Did not know that. Um, going into that game. So he, he's got ultimate job security. Now, Notre Dame lost Chip Kelly, and what would have been interesting to see is there was some talk from the playoff committee that let's let's assume that Georgia took care of business and they would have beat Alabama. Alabama would have now had two losses. There's no way they could have been in. Notre Dame, who finished fifth, would have jumped into that last spot. Would the committee have jumped Ohio State over Notre Dame because – um, did I say Chip Kelly? Not yep. Brian Kelly. Excuse me. Because um, Brian Kelly left to go to LSU. Now, they promoted from within. They promoted their defensive coordinator. I'm going to blank on his name right now. Um, but still, the committee said, you know, if, if a team makes a coaching change, we reserve the right to take that into consideration. That would have been interesting. But Ohio State also has two losses. And uh, two-loss teams never made the college football playoff. So, but also Bama hasn't had two losses in a year before. Right. But can you put Bama in when they just lost? But then do you put in Ohio State who had two losses, but wasn't playing for, um, wasn't playing for a championship? Yeah. Mike just brought it up. Marcus Freeman. Yeah. The D coordinator. Uh, the players supposedly love him. He's a young guy. Uh, best of luck to him and his program now. Um, Speaking of Notre Dame, this is a little bit off topic. Uh, Brian Kelly's daughter is a student at Notre Dame, and she had a hilarious video where where it said, uh, when your dad leaves Notre Dame and you still have five months left of school. (laughs) I can only imagine the level of hate that that poor woman is getting as she's trying to finish her college career at Notre Dame. Traitor chance, like shame. Yeah, she should enter the transfer portal. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yes. Immediately, um, she'll she'll be at LSU next year. Well, right. hopefully she graduates on time, and hopefully people leave her alone in South Bend. But I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll say about college football, unless you have anything else, I think college football needs to go to an eight-team playoff. Um, Agreed. And I don't think that these kids should have to play any more games. This is a hard sport. I don't think. You know, everybody knows they're not getting paid. Um, but get rid of some of these non-conference games. Go to a shorter conference schedule. And let's add eight teams. I think every year that this has been a four-team playoff, there's been one, at least one team with a legitimate gripe that they didn't get in. Last year, I believe it was Texas A&M. Finished fifth. This year, Notre Dame. Legit gripe. Um, they were 11-1. and one. I, I think... There's always going to be that fifth or potentially sixth team that gets kind of screwed out of making it. If you go to eight, 
you can do five conference winners and three at-large bids. There's never going to be a year where there's eight legitimate title contenders, but you take that out of the discussion, let everybody play. I mean, could you imagine, like, so right now if we went to eight teams, Ohio State's sixth. You'd have an Ohio State-Georgia first-round matchup. Yeah. Like, come on. Juggernauts, yeah. Cincinnati-Notre Dame, those two teams actually played each other, and Cincinnati won. That would be an interesting rematch. Um, who? Give me, give me seven and eight. Do you have it up <clears throat> right now? Yeah, no, give the seven and eight teams. No, but I can pull it up. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who Alabama and Michigan would have played. I think that's electric football. You make it three weeks. The ratings would be through the roof. I mean, the 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 TV money alone would be insane. So, according to Google right now. Oh, this can't be right. Because I'm looking at this, and it's it's got Alabama as number one. Hang on a minute. No, that's correct. Because I have Alabama at one, two, Michigan, two. Bama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincy, Should Notre Dame at five. OSU at six. This is where I have Baylor at six. And according oh. to Google, OSU seven, Ole Miss at eight. Um. And see, I think the official rankings might only go to six. Oh, no, here we go. So it's this is according to collegefootballplayoff.com. Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincy, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Baylor, and then Ole Miss at eight. Um, Alabama, Ole Miss, probably not much of a game. Baylor, Michigan would be interesting. You know what team? Good game. You know what team was coming on strong at the end of the year was Utah. Now, they're 11th here in the rankings, but they beat Oregon twice and handedly. That defense is legit. They played on Friday and just put the beat down on the Ducks. Awesome game. It would have been interesting. That team had three losses, though, so it's kind of tough to put um, a team with three losses in the discussion. So, I don't know, man. That 3-6 matchup, though, Ohio State-Georgia, that would have been fun to watch. If we go to eight teams, think about how controversial some of those decisions are, right? Like, now now you're you're really thinking about strength of schedule, conference. Yeah, but you know what? Like, look at the distinction between 8-9, Ole Miss and Oklahoma State. Like, neither of those teams, like, if I'm a fan of Oklahoma State, do I really believe in my heart of hearts that we have a chance at winning the national championship? Probably Some do. not. Some do. Well, they couldn't even beat I mean, Baylor. Homers, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think you just take the discussion out of it. Because like when I look at that, this list, I think the top six all have a shot. Ohio State would have a shot. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud can play. Notre Dame can play. Baylor, eh, I don't know about Baylor. So... I don't know. I'd love to see an eight-team playoff um, knock off one of those non-conference games. I mean, towards the end of the year, you have, like, Georgia playing the school of the poor in week 12 because they need a non-conference game. A filler. Yeah, a filler game. Um, Like, knock that game out, shorten the conference schedule, take one game off, and let's get an eight-team playoff going. All right, anything else on college football? Who did Michigan lose to? Their one loss was to... Oh man. Not Michigan State, right? Nope. They they whooped up on Michigan State. Um not OSU. 
Ouais, Was it? Um, it was against. I was going to guess Penn State, but they beat Penn State. Interesting. Um, I feel like there there's someone right now as Alex is looking this up. There's somebody right now who who in it my was mind, Michigan State. Excuse me. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, there's somebody that on the outside looking in right now. If we went to an eight-team playoff would be somebody who I think would get shafted. Who's that, Michigan State? Michigan State. Two yeah. losses this year. They they beat Michigan, who's who's playing phenomenal football right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, four teams, eight teams would be exciting, right? Like, not the, that you get more football, but you get high-stakes football. The, the problem with Michigan State is their two losses are bad. They lost to Purdue. Not Which great. Purdue knocked off some ranked teams, so it's not like a terrible loss, but but still Purdue I mean, finished unranked, unranked, yeah. And they played Ohio State, and Ohio State laid the wood on them. That's tough, fifty-six to seven. Woof. Yeah. So yeah, not great losses. You, you roll into Tuscaloosa or a neutral site game to play Alabama. Pee down your leg, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They but play- that's. That's an example, so, and maybe Utah so, is another example. So all of these uh, bowl games has been announced. Michigan State's got Pittsburgh. Interesting matchup with that uh, that quarterback. Um, oh God, the kid from Pittsburgh uh, has got a legit chance to win the Heisman. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, Pickett, is it Kenny Pickett? Um, has a legit shot to go um, somewhere in the first round. It'll be interesting to see where the quarterbacks go. Yeah. Kenny Pickett. All right. Anything else on college football? No. I just, I mean, I think eight teams would be super exciting. You get more. That's where they have to go. Yeah. That's where they got to go. You get more high stakes football um, and just exciting football. Absolutely. All right. We are, by the way, killing transitions in this podcast. Oh man, the like you could cut this tension right now, huh? <laughs> uh, well, and no. and we are doing our best to uh, keep it loose here. Um, Alex just cracked a beer. Uh, Alex, what are you drinking? Two women. Lager. Wet the whistle there. I hope I yes. I hope the mic picked that up. Uh, it is delicious. Two women. So, for those of you listening, uh, we typically have like a beer during this podcast and um because who doesn't love beer on a sunday night exactly uh the most american things you can think of uh two women i've never had so i've had new glaris which is exclusive to wisconsin i don't know how many of you are listening outside of wisconsin right now uh but that's where this podcast is is recorded from um and new glaris is specific to wisconsin so i've never had a two women lager beer before Good. Not not my cup of tea, but I could see I could see people liking a good winter beer like that. It's it's not a winter beer; it's a lager. Really? Yeah. So like, are lagers not winter beers? No, they're like when I think lager, I think like if you want to like get technical, it's probably a fall beer, like Oktoberfest. Like you think of like German beers, German lagers. Uh-huh. Um, when I think fall, when I think like winter beers, I think like ambers, stouts, like your darker beers. Um, no, I, I wouldn't consider that a winter beer. Interesting. 
Well, that's where we disagree. I'm totally <laughs> considered a winter beer. Okay. okay. Um, well. I guess I guess I'm an asshole. <laughs> quite quite the hype uh, paragraph here on this on this new Glarus beer bottle. Um, very into European women and uh, Nordic and Viking wives. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever read the label. I just drink it. Viking women brewed in Norse society. European ale was so successful that they were taxed and artisanal women lost their domination of the daily ritual of brewing during the Industrial Revolution. Today, brewing is controlled mostly by men. So this beer is... I won't read the whole paragraph, but basically this beer is just like a, a classic shout out to women brewing beer. And that's our segment brought to you by New Glarus. Thanks for yep. reading the label, Mike. Yep. <laughs> uh, don't get paid for New Glarus, but New Glarus. <laughs> no, they're not a sponsor. Uh, but if they want to, sh- give me a shout. Yep. Uh, I'm drinking a Goose Island. I'll keep it short. Yeah, because um, this is taking way too long. Because I'm a trader. Uh, but I love a wheat, a light wheat ale. Um, the 312. The 312. All right. Cool. Another awkward segment. Um, <laughs> we can transition into AFC and FC North football here. I, all I can hope is that like one day we'll look back and think, my God, how terrible we were at this. Because if it doesn't get any better, we're I think we're in some trouble yeah. with these transitions. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Um, if right. you, yeah. All right. I'm going to cut you off because I, 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 I don't know where you were going with that. <laughs> I was just going to say we prep. I don't know if you we, can tell, do, but, but but we do we prep, do prep regardless. Maybe we should prep a little harder on the transitions. <laughs> or or we just need to have more beer. That's an idea. That's an idea. Yeah. I think we'll try that next week. Okay. So uh, switching gears to... I got one more. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> if anybody wants to do this podcast with me, my DMs are open. I'm always looking for Mike's replacement. All right. No, you're done. Stop talking. <laughs> All right. Let's switch gears. Um, the NFC North, that's where we're going to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so just so everybody knows, grew up a Packer fan. Same. Bleed, we bleed green and gold here. Um, I chose to start with the NFC North not because I'm a Packer fan. But because but the Packers Because are... it's such an uncompetitive division. Yes. Like, it's, um, it's the Packers division, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, so I have all of my notes. Um, I, I prepped for this podcast yesterday and today. So all of my notes are f- before today's games. However, Minnesota lost to Detroit on a, on a, on a last-second touchdown. Chicago... Uh, unsurprisingly got beat by um, the Cardinals and Detroit congrats to Detroit they they got their first win so um, to the aforementioned Vikings you can put the paper bags away Detroit so the rankings are now Green Bay has a four game lead going into week 14 I mean this this division's done huge Um, Chicago's out of the hunt they were you know kind of still in it Minnesota's probably still in it, but they're now at five and seven. The Redskins won today. That was the team they were chasing. So they're a full game behind. Plus they're losing that tiebreaker. Um, they're going to have a, a tough road ahead. So I picked this division, not because the Packers are in it, but mainly because this, this division's wrapped up already. Um, the AFC North who we're going to finish with is Different the exact story. opposite. Anybody can win that division. 
um, and we'll, we'll get to that. So how this is going to flow, um, me and Mike are going to do a little bit back and forth about the division. We're going to talk about how each team's seasons are going, what their outlook is for the remainder of the year, and then what should they be focusing on in 2022. And I think each team's got some pretty interesting scenarios on what they need to be focusing on. So uh, we'll start first, Mike, with the division as a whole. Anything jump out at you? Anything surprising about the way the NFC North has has looked through 13 weeks? I mean, a little bit. Uh, so I think everyone expected the Packers to win this division at the beginning of the year, despite some of the drama around Aaron Rodgers, um, etc. You know what's interesting about that, though? What? If So prior to training camp, Vegas releases their, you know, over-under win totals. Vegas would not release a win total on the Packers until they found out whether or not Aaron Rodgers was coming back. I'm not surprised Imagine by that. Imagine what this division could have looked like if Rodgers would have said, I'm done. I don't want to play for the Packers. I'm going to retire. We'd be looking at like an NFC East type of scenario. Potentially, yeah. Where like it's it's a pillow fight till the end and like a team that's what? I don't know. To, like you, you get to nine wins in the NFC North without Aaron Rodgers. Nine and eight win it. You're yeah, you're you're a playoff team. I mean, maybe Jordan Love figures it out. I mean, we we've only seen him in one real game against the Chiefs. It was a struggle. But could he have figured it out? I don't know. That would have been real interesting though. Yeah. Uh in in terms of surprises though, like it definitely surprising Personally, I would have thought Minnesota would have kept up and kept pace with us. I, I agree. That was where I would have gone with it. What's interesting about Minnesota, so they now have seven losses. They're five and seven after today. Their seven losses are by a combined 28 points. Wow. So set, I mean, that's an average of a four-point loss. I mean, yeah. they are in... Every single game. Every single game. They haven't been blown out once. They could easily be probably eight and four. And think about some of the injuries that they've had too, right? Like Delvin Cook has missed a couple of games. Uh, uh, Daniel Hunter, who I'm going to talk about when I look at them. Everson Griffin, uh, he had the mental. Yeah, um, he's hot. Yeah, inpatient for a little while. And I think he had the mental health issue. Um, I I think Anthony Barr was out today. So I mean, yeah, they've they've certainly have had their fair share of injuries, um, but is is their coach is Zimmer is he on the hot seat? I don't know. Like probably right. Um, last year, high hopes. The year before that, high hopes again. And you underdeliver every year, right? Like the team to beat is the Packers every single year and every single year you're losing to the Packers. So we could be looking at this division in the last two years, having three of the four teams having coaching turnover. Yeah. And Lafleur is only in his third year with green Bay. So, cause Nag- Nagy's gone after their loss today. He's out. I mean, he hasn't been fired yet, but no, but you it's, can't, it's coming. You can't lose to an, <laughs> a winless team. Well, no, that was the Vikings at home. Chicago hasn't lost to the Lions, though. 
You did say Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy from the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Zimmer, I don't I don't know what they do with Zimmer, but that'll be interesting. <sighs> so let's let's run through these a little bit on an individual basis and we'll start top down. So Green Bay, I will say as a Packer fan, after week one, look out. They got rolled by the Saints. It was a neutral site game in Jacksonville. That game against the Saints could have went one or two ways, right? And I'm doing neutral in, it was a Packers in quotations. Home, it was a Packers home game. Because Packer fans travel well. Even though it was an away game, it was a home game for the Packers um, in Jacksonville. But close enough for the Saints, too, right? Where like, But still, if you remember, that game was moved because of the hurricane. I do remember that. So that can always go one of two ways, right? Is it... I mean, all of those players live in New Orleans. How much of a pain in the ass is that? You don't know what you're going home to and the city's underwater and all that stuff. Um, but on the flip side, come out a little bit. Chip on your shoulder. Yeah, jacked. You're playing for your city. And they played like that. I mean, they. I remember watching that game going, oh, no. And this was right after all the Rodgers stuff, the drama. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And they got rolled. But do you – Watching that game, did you think the Saints were that good, or did you think the Packers were that bad? Yes, the Packers were that bad. Because, I mean, I think if you look at the AFC South, that's Tampa's division. And they were the first team in the Super Bowl era to bring all 22 starters back after winning a Super Bowl. No team's ever done that before. So you knew they were going to be fine. I did not think the Saints were going to be that good. Famous Jameis you know, was chucking it all over the field. And I was like, that. I didn't think the Packers' defense was going to be able to hold up. Now, since then, the Packers are 9-2, and two, and they're 9-1 and one with Rodgers. Um, and the biggest surprise for me is their defense, especially with the injuries. Um, Jair Alexander is a stud, probably going to be one of the highest-paid corners when he's due for his extension. Needs to be. And he's been hurt. There's been a couple of other guys hurt on that defense and you know what? They just kind of keep ticking along. They got beat up a little bit um, against Minnesota. But, man, that's been the bright spot for this team, for sure. That defense has definitely stepped up. Um, and you really didn't hear anything about them. So I was even in that camp as just full disclosure as a homer living in Wisconsin. That defense had had glaring issues, had glaring holes, right? Like you you drop a big game week one. And then that Chiefs game, like, oh, right? Um, but then after that, kind of quiet, right? Like you win a couple games and then you start to realize like, oh, we're not giving up a lot of points. And next thing you know, it's blowing up on ESPN that, well, do we have a good defense? Do we actually have a defense this year? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you look at guys like DeAndre Campbell. He's actually on one of my players, like, they must re-sign him. And he's a guy that kind of came out of nowhere, and he's playing his ass off stud. So um, outlook for the rest of the year, obviously they're winning the division, fighting with the Cardinals, I think, for that number one seed. The good news is they got the head-to-head win. So if they they finish with the same record, the Packers will have that number one overall seed. They need it. I think the bye week for the playoffs is going to be huge this year with that 18th week. 17 game season um super bowl or bust this year 
Um, it has to be. Has right? to be. Like Rodgers probably is last year in Green Bay, which and, we can touch on in a little bit. And this is the best defense he's had probably since the 2010 Super Bowl team. Like this is the one in the in the in the years I can remember. This is the one year where they don't have to score forty points every game in the playoffs to win. I'm like trying. I'm I'm flipping through like my my brain Rolodex right now, which which doesn't have a lot upstairs. But from what I can remember, we haven't had a defense like this in a long time. Maybe since what year? I don't remember what year they lost to the Seahawks when the Seahawks won. 2016, I believe. That defense was pretty good, but in the most recent years when they've been in the NFC Championship game. Like you just felt as a fan, at least, if they didn't score forty points on offense, they were going to lose. That's it, yeah. and and quite frankly, they did. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm with you. I think it's Super Bowl or bust this year, and maybe Rodgers can actually play out his last dance. So scenario: say that the Packers do win the Super Bowl. Does Aaron stay? So here's the thing about Aaron: it's not his call. He has no say in this. The The NFL is not – I mean, he can retire, but then he owes back a portion of his signing bonus. He would owe the Packers money to do it. So for those listening, Alex, can you just go over, like, what is remaining on Aaron Rodgers' contract and what that looks like at the end of this year? Yeah. So so let's, let's talk about it this way because I have this prepared, and I'll pull up um, – Aaron's contract from a salary cap standpoint. But the the NFL, I think this is an important point. The NFL is not like the NBA. In the NBA, you get a superstar that says, I don't want to be – that's all right. I got it right here. Cool. Um, Mike was just pulling up Roger's contract for me. Um in the NBA, you get a superstar like James Harden or you know, pick your favorite player, LeBron, who says, I don't want to be here anymore. He gets traded. He has that power. Those contracts are fully guaranteed. And there's you see a lot more superstar movement in the NBA than you do in the NFL. The reason is players in the NFL don't have that same authority. Rodgers, if he wants to continue playing, is at the mercy of the Green Bay Packers. Now he negotiated his renegotiated his deal where they voided 2023. So two years from now. So they chopped off a year. They moved some signing bonus and stuff around to help with the salary cap this year. But he is under contract with the Green Bay Packers for 2022. So if if the Packers say, All right, we want Aaron back. Aaron has to come back to the Green Bay Packers. So walk us through, because there's been so much chatter on ESPN and otherwise, where's Aaron going to be in 2022, and myself included? I'm kind of out of the loop on that. Um, Tell us why that is. Is that just Aaron putting the Green Bay Packers in a corner saying, like, I don't want to play in Green Bay anymore and requesting a trade? So Aaron tried to do that last year. If you remember the news that broke on draft day, of course, yeah. Rogers came out and said, "I don't want to be a Green Bay Packer. I want to be traded." Was such garbage. Like that was such a timed news, like breaking news drop. In my opinion, that was not like a "Oh my God, it's draft day, and we just found out about this." Like Shefty hung on to that for weeks, well, Ro- and wanted to stir the pot. Well, I think Rogers and and his representation team were 
truly very unhappy. And yeah, it was, it was probably deliberate. Um, whether there was, there was a 0% chance that Rogers was going to be traded last year. Um, these numbers are all updated with his new contract, but like if he was traded last year, the Packers would have had $53 million in dead cap. So what that means is because of the way dead cap is when you get like, let's say you, Rogers gets a hundred million dollar signing bonus, and this is going to be exaggerated, but let's say he gets a hundred million dollar signing bonus over five years. You can prorate that hundred million dollars for salary cap purposes equally over that five years. So he would have twenty million dollars per year count towards the salary cap. Rogers gets the cash in year one for signing his contract, but the team can spread out the implications of that throughout the life of the contract. So that would be a twenty million dollar debt cap? No, it would so he would have twenty million dollars count every year towards the salary cap. So let's say in my five-year example, after year three, they decide to move on. There's $40 million of signing bonus proration that's still out there. Two years. Two years, 20 million each year. That whole 40 million, depending on when he's released or traded, becomes comes up to that day. So they would owe $40 million of his salary cap in that next year because the cash has already been paid but it needs to be accounted for in the salary cap carson wentz is probably the best example he signed that mega deal with the eagles and then was traded to the colts he had all of that signing bonus and guaranteed money that he was still owed so he's got like a dead cap of like 35 million dollars this year the philadelphia eagles have 35 million dollars of their salary cap allocated to Carson Wentz, who's no longer playing for their team. Wow. So last year, Rodgers' dead cap number was so high. There, Like the Packers, there was a 0% chance. You're not going to give away That's... the former MVP, the reigning MVP, and carry more than 25. The salary cap this year is like $184 million or something. Team suicide there. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it's never been done. So, the, so like people that are like, oh, you know, they should have traded him for picks. There was no no chance. So, so Alex, back back to Rogers. Like at the end of this year. Yep. Let's say that they win the Super Bowl hypothetically. You're telling us right now that Aaron Rodgers will still be under contract for 2022. Correct. Talk about the chatter and like the the scenarios that are being laid out where Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay. So I am a firm believer that Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer in 2022. Why? So they the Packers drafted Jordan Love. They used a first-round pick. He will be going into his third season, Jordan Love. A first-round rookie player has a four-year contract, with a fifth-year option. You have to, if you're going to exercise that fifth year, it needs to be done at the end of his third year. So if Rodgers plays another year, unless they're going to decide to get rid of Jordan Love, but if Rodgers plays another year, you now have your future quarterback, because now Rodgers will be a free agent in 2023, and if he's that mad at the Packers, he's not going to re-sign with the Packers. So... So if you're going to have your future quarterback, 
Jordan Love start in year four, you've missed out on the opportunity to exercise that fifth year option unless you do it on faith. And are you going to pay a guy $15 million guaranteed, $20 million guaranteed, who's never played a full regular season? Some some organizations might. I don't think the Packers no. would. So when – and Andrew Brandt talks about this all the time, the former salary cap guy with the Packers. It was the same thing when they drafted Rodgers. The minute you, you drafted Love, the Packers put the clock on Rodgers. Like Rodgers' career was over. And that's why Rodgers is so upset. Because he's like, if if you want to move on from me, move on. I don't want to, you know, just hold this guy's place. Like, let me go then. Does, so, does it change things if they win the Super Bowl? Like, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you now just won a Super Bowl, you could keep your core group, right? Like, you could bring Devonte Adams back. Okay, they, so let's let's talk about the the salary cap implications. Right now, as of today. The Green Bay Packers are $33 million over the cap for 2022. Okay. Aaron Rodgers next year has a $46 million cap hit. So $46 million to be paid for Rodgers if he remains in Green Bay. Devontae Adams is going to be due a contract. I have him projected at four years, $110 million. It's like $27.5 million a year. Is that the highest paid wide receiver? It would be in line with DeAndre Hopkins, but a longer deal than Hopkins. Hopkins got a two-year deal at 27.5. I think Adams is probably worth that, and I think they would probably extend it out four years. Vontae's a little bit younger than DeAndre, right? Um, No. I think they're about the same age. Okay. But this contract would put Adams through his early 30s. So... So you would be looking at it 50. One year younger. He's one year younger. Okay. But still, if you did a four-year deal, he'd be 32 at the end of the contract. Yeah. Which in wide receiver age, you're ancient. I mean, look at Julio. Julio's 32, 33. Who? Yeah, Julio Jones. (laughs) Yeah, who? Um, (laughs) He's been out all year. Well, and he didn't. He had a rough couple years in Atlanta, too. He's been hurt. Anyway. So if Rogers stays and you sign Adams, you're now looking at being $60 million over the cap. Now, teams have done it. Teams have figured it out. The Saints do this every year. They're $60 million over next year's cap again. But, you know, who are they going to cut? Who do you have to get rid of to get that salary cap number down? And the Packers don't like doing that. So if they look to get rid of Rodgers – if they trade him prior to June 1st, he will carry a 26.8 million dead cap number. So they're still going to pay, they're still going to have him on the payroll, quote unquote, for salary cap purposes, but they'll save $19.2 million in um, cap space. He will be traded prior to June 1st because the Packers are going to want the draft picks. Rodgers does not have a no trade clause. So teams that interest me, Philadelphia, and the two New York teams. The Jets have picks four and five right now. Um, the Giants have picks, I think, six and seven, and the Eagles have three picks in the top 14. Like if, you want, if you're a Packer fan and you want immediate draft picks, those three teams, because other teams like the Broncos who've been in the mix, 
they're going to have to offer you like three first rounders over three different years. You could get three picks this year. Um, Depends on the talent and who you need, right? Yeah. Well, you're going to need help because if they, um, if they trade Rogers, which I think is coming, I don't think they should resign Devonte Adams. I don't think it makes sense to have no. a 25 to 27 million dollar wide receiver with a quarterback like Love, who's going to have growing pains. Even if Jordan Love ends up being the third Hall of Famer in a row, which is extra- extraordinarily unlikely. Um, for lightning to strike three times, which it can happen. It happens. Uh, it's a misconception. Lightning can strike more than more than once in a particular spot for it to strike three times at quarterback. I just don't see it happening. Not, not no shade on love at all. Yeah, no. And, and, and maybe he can be the, the Packers obviously loved something in him, but, um, I wouldn't sign Adams at that price with Jordan Love at quarterback. And do you think Devontae even has the patience? I don't know if he'd stay. He'll be a true free agent. Now, what sucks for Devontae, if the Packers really want him around, is the franchise tag. Because that franchise tag, uh, Allen Robinson III's on it. It's only like $18 million. You figure that's going to go up a little bit. You know, He'd be under market value for one year, $20, $22 million. The Packers could keep Devontae for another year at that level. But again, that's fully guaranteed. And that's another $20 million to the cap, which they, the Packers just don't have the room. Mm-hmm. So if the Packers release or trade Rodgers after June 1st, um, the numbers get better. It's a 19.1 dead cap for 2022. There would be $7.6 million worth of dead cap in 2023. Because if it's after June 1st, you can spread it out over two years. Um and they would save almost $27 million in cap. But again, if they're going to trade them, they're going to want to do it now so they can get draft picks for this year's draft. They're not going to want to kick the can another year. So my prediction, Rodgers is gone. If they do bring him back, they got to trade Love. You can't continue to pay a backup quarterback that kind of money, and you're not going to know what he is anyway, so you might as well get him to a team who wants to see him play. And then, to be honest, they probably start the process all over again. And draft Rogers replacement again. Sure. So who knows? Hot take. If I if I get a hot take. Yeah, go for it. Um, and some of you listening probably can read between the lines here, but if the Packers win the Super Bowl this year, I think Rogers ends up staying in Green Bay. I think some of the the drama associated with drafting a guy like Love. There's one remedy to drama and that's winning i think if you can win a second super bowl you're aaron Rodgers. why would you want to leave just to go play for another team that... but it, again mike it's not Rodgers' call no true very true he has no say in any of this you need to look at this from the packers perspective now you could say the same thing like why would the packers want to move on from a guy who won the mvp in 2020 Probably not an MVP this year, but if you win a Super Bowl, you know, why would you want to move on from that? The Packers have always been super conservative when it comes to finances. Uh, and they're in it for the long term. They the Packers, I don't think, care as much about winning Super Bowls as they want to be competitive and they want the ticket revenue. They, so they want to remain they want to remain competitive. If they win ten games every year and make the playoffs every year, they're happy. 
they've always been a really com- like perplexing organization with some of their decision making, especially when you look at teams like New England, who is just like a churn and burn. Like, let me see who I can get that has value at a low price. I think with someone like Aaron Rodgers, I think you're foolish, in my opinion, as an organization to win a Super Bowl with a guy like that who is still able-bodied, who you can still have all of the pieces of a championship Super Bowl winning caliber team to stay together. I don't care how you make the finances work. Make them work to win another championship. That's just my hot take. I think I think if the Packers win the Super Bowl, um, Green Bay finds a way to keep Rodgers for another year. It's, it's going to be – it is – We'll talk. I'm going to talk a little bit about some other decisions they have to make this off season. That's the biggest, and and probably in the NFL, to be honest. I mean, there's some other big ones that actually that we'll talk about tonight. Also, all about quarterbacks. But yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I think in the it'll be interesting. This past year, Rodgers was kind of played as the bad guy in this whole thing. It'll be interesting to see if they do win a Super Bowl and the Packers trade them, because that'll be the Packers' decision. What do the Packers look like in the court of public opinion, especially since Jordan Love didn't look great against the Chiefs? I don't know. Let's move on, though, because I don't want to make this an Aaron Rodgers podcast. Um, okay, some potential cuts. Uh, Preston Smith is an interesting one. Very interesting. Um, Tell us more about that. He is set to have a salary cap number of $19 million next year, which would put him in the top echelon of defensive ends. I don't know, in my opinion, if it's if, if he's earned that money. Um, he, him and uh, Rashawn Gary have had a good year um, Zadarius Smith's been out a lot with injury. That I eye that one up. If they do release him, he would carry a dead cap number of 7.25, but they would save $12 million worth of cap. When I look at a team who's $33 million over the cap already, that one makes sense to me from just a pure financial standpoint. Um, and you know, we can take the performance out of it because he's he is coming on of late. Um, but that is one that I saw that they could save some uh, save some serious money. Was he hurt last year, Preston? I think so. Because uh, I, I I just pulled up his stats year to year, and he had a monster twenty nineteen twelve which sacks, when, which is when he got his extension. Uh, and then since then twenty twenty four sacks. Yeah, he was hurt. I think. Um, What's he done this year? Five sacks through this week. Okay, so is that twenty million dollars worth it? I don't know. Um, that's one that I would watch out for. Another one, uh, especially if Rodgers is gone, Randall Cobb. Um, if they cut him uh, pre-June 1st, uh, they'll have $2.7 million worth of dead cap. They'll save almost $7 million. If they cut him after June 1st, um, he'll have $1.4 million over two years, so $1.4 million in each year and they'll save $8 million next year. Uh, if Rodgers is gone, I can almost guarantee that Randall Cobb's gone. Yeah, they seem to be a package deal coming into this year. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on cuts? 
Nothing on cuts. No. The, what about that, the player they must resign? Do you got any thoughts there? Honestly, I I don't have a high level of confidence in Jordan Love. Um, person you got to keep. Keep Bayrod, huh? I think it's yeah. I think it's at quarterback. I think Aaron Rodgers. You saw what what we looked like without him. Is another off season going to fix that? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but that's to me the biggest glaring right like we have a great defense o-line could maybe be a little healthier like bakhtiari has yet to play um, yeah but even so that that lines look good even with kind of patching it together um my no doubt my one player and i have two my one player isn't technically a re-sign i think they need to extend jair alexander uh he's got a fifth year option for next year um, which is pretty cheap. It's $13 million for next year. I think he's going to be making Jalen Ramsey type money. Uh, I think he's worth it when he's healthy. Um, so he's probably going to be looking at a five year, 95 to $100 million range. Jesus. Probably 40 to 45 of that will be guaranteed. And I think that's probably market value for him. So I think they need to lock that down. Dude earned it. Dude earned it. The other guy I have, and I don't have any numbers on him. DeAndre Campbell. I don't know how long it's been since the Packers have had a stud middle linebacker, um, but the guy's playing. He's he's real cheap this year. I think he'll get an extension. He's a free agent next year. Biggest area of need for me, I think it's, it is the edge rusher, defensive end, outside linebacker. Um, we talked about Preston Smith. Just because of his cap numbers, he may be um, – he, he may be in some trouble just from a pure financial standpoint. Zedarius Smith struggled to re- remain healthy. Rashawn Gary's been uh, an up-and-comer. That's where I would look. And then if you're talking about not bringing back Adams and not bringing back Cobb, wide receiver is going to be an area of need. Agreed. Um, a cut that comes to mind, and maybe not a cut, but someone potentially you need to think about What's Crosby doing this year? Yeah, they're going to need a kicker. He's 37. He, The only good news about Crosby is we've been through this before, and, like, the next year. Fixed it. Fixed it. But right now it is hard to watch. And and he's he's uh, got the salt and pepper look going, mostly, mostly salt, not a lot of pepper left. Um, What's interesting is I can't tell like, – like, obviously, Crosby's missed some kicks of late. His confidence, I think, is a little shook. There seems to not be a great relationship between the holder and the long snapper and the kicker. Like, that unit seems to be off. So do the Packers go out and find a long snapper? Nobody likes to talk about long snappers, but they, they're like a good lawyer. You, you don't think about it until you need one. I don't know who the long snapper I didn't prep that deep, um, but maybe it's a long snapper thing. I don't know. That that whole unit, though, does not seem to be flowing together. That's such a good point, right? Like, you're a long snapper. You do your job well. Nobody says anything. So it's it's a non-glorified position, but the no, but second— you skip that one in there on a game-winning kick. Oh, man. Everyone hates you. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else on the Packers? Let's move on from the Packers. All right. Uh, Minnesota. So I talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Their six losses, or now seven losses, 
are by a combined 28 points, uh, even with their loss, because they lost by two today, right? I think I think I think it was two. Um, I think you're right. Their point differential at now five and seven is still plus three. They two have, points. They have a yep. point differential of plus three, and they're two games under 500. Their remaining schedule, um, Pittsburgh at Chicago versus the Rams at Green Bay versus the Bears. You know, before 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 they lost to Detroit today, I have them down as potentially going nine and eight, ten and seven. Uh, well, now they're a game behind that, so you're looking at eight and nine, maybe nine and seven. I mean, Pittsburgh is gettable. The Bears, you got the Bears twice. Packers are on that. Yeah, I think they'll lose to the Packers at because it's it's in Lambeau, but yep. they they've already beaten Green Bay once. And then you got the Rams, who the Rams are they've lost three in a row. They're on the bye this week. Uh or no, the Rams won. Yep. Big. Uh, but they're just coming Yeah. So I don't know. Uh after losing to the Lions, I don't know what that team's got in them. Um they the loss to San Francisco hurts, although San Fran lost to Seattle today. Washington football team beat the Ra- uh the Raiders. So they got a couple teams ahead of them. Uh, what, what is going on in Minnesota? Because you have one of the best wide receiver cores in the National Football well, League. Well, I think Thielen's hurt. I don't think Thielen played today. No, he was out. That's why Jefferson but had a Justin huge... Jefferson is a stud. Yeah, he had a monster day today. Um, again. And that guy is going to haunt the Green Bay Packers for like the next eight years. He's Randy Moss 2.0 when it comes to playing the Packers. But they have a really good wide receiver core. Like they do cousins and isn't a bad quarterback pro football focus has cousins rated as like the second highest quarterback yeah okay. well pete uh i without knowing more on those stats i would i would love to know how they got to the analytics yeah um I, I don't know what's going on with them either their their offensive line is not good um so you know their biggest area of need i think is offensive tackle but their offensive line in general needs some work when when I look so for this year, I think Minnesota just put the nail on their own coffin today with the loss to the Lions. I don't know what they're gonna do with Zimmer. When I look ahead to twenty twenty two, Daniel Hunter is a name that comes to mind. He's got a very interesting contract. So he is due a he's a defensive lineman. He is due a roster bonus of $18.5 million on the fifth day of the league year, which is March 21st. He tore his pec this year, so he's on IR. When healthy, the guy is a stud. I, I wrote about I wrote an article about him on Substack. I think through a handful through seven games this year, he had six sacks. Um he just having problems staying healthy. If they cut him, there's going to be about $7.4 million of his salary they'll need to carry on in dead cap, but they're going to save $18.6 million. And, you know, the guy can play. There's no doubt about it. But, man, a guy coming off an injury like that with 
what's he popped out right at me because he's getting that bonus money. He doesn't even have a high base salary or anything like that. He's getting all his money on one day. The good news for him is if they do cut him, it's going to be early in the offseason. He's going to have time to find a new home. But that that one jumps out at me as did, a guy who might 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 get cut. Do you know? Did he play in twenty twenty? I'm looking at career stats right now. He has no career stats in twenty twenty. Um, uh, so I just wrote about him. He, it says twenty eighteen and monster stats. By the way, twenty eighteen fourteen and a half sacks. Twenty nineteen. I'm sorry, 14 and a half sacks in 2018, 14 and a half sacks in 2019, six sacks year to date, 2021. Yeah. So he missed, uh, yes, he missed all of last year due, due to an, a herniated disc in his neck that he suffered in preseason. So he missed the entire 2020 season. He rehabbed it, came back, and then after seven games this year, he tore his pectoral muscle. And he's done for the year. But in seven games, he had six sacks. You mentioned it. He had 14 and a half sacks the last two years when he was healthy. Uh, man. It's, he's, he's someone that would be a little nervous to sign. He's going to. Well, I mean, so he's under contract. It's just do you keep him? And he's due $18.5 million on March 21st. That is paid. And he's going to have a, a cap number of $26.1 million in 2022. When healthy, would you pay a guy fifteen that's going to get fifteen sacks? Absolutely, worth 100%. every penny. Those um, injuries, though, are, are those those aren't just injuries. Disc. The pec should probably be fine with rehab and everything. <sighs> Ugh, that's it's, one that jumped out at me. We had a defensive tackle that tore his pec or tore his bicep muscle. Who was that? I don't know, but any time you talk about like tearing a pec or a bicep or a tricep. Like it makes my skin crawl. It's got to be so painful. Off of your bone, right? Like, Ugh. like it, it, it just rolled up. Uh, to to rehab that and to come back and especially knowing your pectoral muscle at that position, defensive end. Like, oh, you're, you're constantly pushing. Yeah, you're constantly using that. You're constantly pushing or swimming or doing something. Uh, that would be a really big question mark for me if I were in the Vikings organization looking at potential large money yeah, deals but through through um through seven games he was ranked 15th by pro football focus so the analytics like him too i don't know uh he's an interesting one and i wrote about this this past week i didn't even make a prediction because i don't know what i would do he's missed the majority of the last two years but man when the kid's healthy the guy can play yeah so the the the, the Vikings are going to have a monster, excuse me, monster decision to make uh, early in this offseason. Okay, the next player I want to talk about is Kirk. Um, yeah, what's he looking like? Well, first of all, to any Vikings fans that are listening that don't like Kirk Cousins, it is 100% guaranteed Kirk Cousins will be your quarterback in 2022. Uh, much like Rodgers this past year, Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins is a genius or his rep team whoever is representing him is a genius. He signed I think a 3-year 85 million dollar fully guaranteed contract. Huge deal. Yep. But the huge part is it's fully guaranteed. 
So his salary for next year is 100% guaranteed. So you can't cut him. Because even if you cut him or trade him, that cap hit of $45 million follows him, which means you're gonna the, the Vikings are going to have to pay. And when I say pay, I mean in salary cap because it's not always the money. But they're going to owe that money for salary cap regardless. I I just <laughs> I just googled Kirk Cousins contract Minnesota, and Google gives you those questions that come up, like other similar questions that people have asked. When can Minnesota get rid of Kirk Cousins? Is the number one similar question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, to the person asking that question, the answer is after the 2022 season. He will be a Minnesota Viking next year, and he will be the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and there is no way around it. They're not bringing in someone else. They're not going to carry a dead cap charge of $45 million. He's coming back. So um, Kirk Cousins will be – you heard it here first, Mike. I am guaranteeing that he will be the quarterback for 2022. Um. And I guess you better. Yeah, yeah. You like that. Yeah, (laughs) Kirk. Yep. So he's the quarterback. Whether you like it or not, Minnesota. Uh, I mean, I guess if if you if you want a bright spot, Viking fans, Pro Football Focus Focus loves your guy. So analytics says he's your guy. Next year, when we're having this conversation, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. If anything, he's still young. but yes, he'll be back in 2022, and he will be the starter, guaranteed. So looking elsewhere, one player that they must re-sign, I'm going to go with Anthony Barr, linebacker, um, another guy who's suffered some injuries. Um, but his his current deal is a little bit interesting. It's a one-year well, technically, it's a three-year deal, but only one of those years is active. He's got two void years. So void years um, is when a team adds, like, dummy years to spread out the signing bonus. So let's say you get, like, a $9 million signing bonus for a three-year contract. It's The signing bonus proration for salary cap is $3 million each year. But those last two years are what they call void years meaning the player is never going to play under them, but they're just spreading out the salary cap. So then when the contract voids, that $6 million that's remaining comes up and it's counted as dead cap. So you get a little bit of relief in year one, and you're just kicking the can down the road. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, Can I just say I'm so glad to have you, Alex, because I would not know any of that stuff. Um, So thank you for breaking that down. Yeah. So at the end of this year, if the Vikings decide not to re-sign Barr, he's going to have $9 million of dead cap. So if they just let him walk, it's $9 million that they're that they're going to leave on the table. So I think it's worth re-signing him just to avoid the dead cap alone. So my guess is he's going to get probably a two-year deal, 10 to $12 million total, $5, $6 million a year. Plus he's going to get some of that signing bonus probation. So... It's going to count a little more for the cap. He's only played sixteen or six games this year, um, but he had 18 tackles over the last two games. That's probably where I would go in one player they need to re-sign. What are your thoughts on Patrick Peterson? 
yeah, interesting. He's, he's getting he, a little bit older. He's in a contract year too. He is. He's the type of guy that his name alone. It's a brand name. Could bring some some teams that are willing to pay a little bit more. I think of like what the Cardinals paid for J.J. Watt, another guy who struggled to stay healthy, but his name alone brings in that extra value. So let me just pull up his contract here. Right now he's getting paid. You know, he's got an $8 million cap hit right now. That's probably pretty reasonable. All if, of it guaranteed, right? That's what I'm well, saying. Well, yeah, because um, yeah, he's got a full, he's got a base salary of 2.1 million, and he got a signing bonus of 5.9. I think if you can get him back for another year, something similar to that, maybe one year, maybe two years at 16 million, I think it's probably worth it. Um, is he ever going to get back to the days where, you know, he was getting 15 million a year? I don't think so. But I think he's serviceable at eight, nine million dollars a year. Yeah, and I mean stats are somewhat at, somewhat down this year compared to his years in Arizona. Interceptions are three interceptions this year thus far, um, which is on par with with what he's had in previous years. I know he's struggled with some type of injuries. Um, another person that comes to mind when I think about players that might be re-signed, Conklin, the tight end in Minnesota is another one. Currently looking at his stats, this is the first year that really jumps out to me. 47 receptions thus far. Didn't pass 20 receptions in any of the previous three years of his. He must be a rookie. Uh or he must be, I'm sorry, not a rookie. He must be in his rookie contract. Because um, as I'm looking at this, he only has stats that go back to 2018. So this must be fourth year going into a fifth year option. So maybe. Um, fifth year options are only going to be for first rounders. Okay. So Tyler Conklin was drafted in the fifth round out of oh. Central Michigan. So this, this is his final year. Uh, yeah, because every rookie gets a four-year deal. Um, so, yeah. He's, he's having a year this year. 47 receptions, well, almost 500 yards. He's benefiting from uh, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph finally retiring because um, Minnesota does like their tight ends. Um, yeah. what? Go over his stats again. So previous to 2021, he's not had a year where he's caught more than 20 balls. Or had more than one touchdown. This year, he has 47 receptions, a hair under 500 yards, and three touchdown passes. Or three touchdown receptions. That's big. Uh, guys showing up in, in a contract year. That's somebody on my on my radar, at least. Um yeah, you know, it'll be interesting, you know, a guy with a couple touchdowns like that. You know, your middle-of-the-road tight end, maybe he can get a contract for $5, 6000000 million, somewhere in that range. Um, yeah, it doesn't hurt to re-sign a guy like that, though. A guy can catch the ball a little bit. Everson Griffin is another one who signed yeah, a one-year deal. But, well, and again, he's got the mental health stuff. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Yeah, that's tough, especially 
especially knowing that right and like the reports that were coming out um, and, and maybe he comes back stronger from it i think he he's he's come out and said he's going to be an advocate for bipolar i think that's what he said he's diagnosed with um but that's a tough situation and probably um not a great time you know and again i'm not making light of the mental health situation that's not what i'm trying to say but like from a contracts timing standpoint like for something like this to happen probably could not be worse from a timing standpoint and, and again not to make light obviously i hope he gets better and gets the no. help he needs and those types of things but no I, I i don't think the listeners at home are taking it that way uh he this isn't his first time going through something like this i think he had a similar oh i didn't know that he had a similar situation a couple of years ago uh I can't tell you the specifics of it, but but I do remember he had he had some type of setback uh, where he had to miss a couple of games, just wasn't in the right headspace. I think it's something that football is doing better with. I mean, look at Kelvin Ridley; he's been out since I don't know week five or six or yeah. something like that. With his own, just need to step away and get his own head right. And uh, in a way, it's a good thing. Mental health's kind of coming to the forefront, and people are taking this seriously. It's important. Um, so yeah, yeah, kind of kind of crazy. A lot of turnover in Minnesota here. I'm seeing a lot of defensive players on final contracts. Uh, are you kind of seeing the same thing, Alex? I am, and there's not many of them that I'd be like dying to bring back. No, Sheldon Richardson, defensive tackle. There's another one that you really have to think about. Um, I mean, when I look at their defense, you got Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks can still play. Um, Bashad Breland. Harrison Smith is kind of the anchor of the back half of that defense. And then Daniel Hunter went when healthy, which she just hasn't been able to remain healthy. I mean. Is it Dan? I think so it's it, Daniel. It's not Danielle. Is it Daniel? Am, am I saying his name wrong? That would I've, be embarrassing. I don't know. I. It's spelled Daniel or Danielle. Danielle. Yes, I think it's Dan. Well, I think it's Daniel. Is it Daniel? Yeah, you know what? That might make sense for if Mister Hunter's listening. I apologize. I'm just going to call him Hunter, and we're going to call you Danielle because (laughs) we're sitting because we're sitting in Wisconsin. Uh, That that was Mike Corwin, not Alex Beaudry. (laughs) I'm not getting on that guy's bad side. Oh man, but yeah, lots. Lots of turnover in Minnesota on that defense, so it'll be really intriguing going into the new year and, and into this offseason. Yeah, they got some work to do, unfortunately, for you Viking fans. All right, if the Viking fans want to feel better about themselves, we can transition to the Bears. Uh, I wrote about the Bears in a Substack article a few weeks ago. Who do they need to resign? Did you already go for that? The Vikings, I'm sorry. Uh, I did. I talked about Barr. I think Anthony, oh, Anthony Barr, Barr they got to bring back. And I think in the draft, they got to address their offensive line. I didn't go over re-signing a oh. Vikings player, right? Well, please. <clears throat> Mike Zimmer's wife. <laughs> girlfriend. Girl. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike Zimmer's girlfriend needs to come back uh, for the morale of the team. <laughs> for the morale <laughs> of Mike Zimmer, who's on the hot, his seat's getting hotter and hotter. For for those who haven't, uh, just a quick Google search, and and I think any questions that you might have uh, will quickly go away. Yeah, all all men outkick their coverage. Mike Zimmer has 
<laughs> blown through his coverage. Uh, all, all joking aside, uh, Anthony Barr would be a really big asset to bring back next year. Yeah, another guy though that's been hurt. It's a tough one. Um, yeah, a lot of injuries, unfortunately. That yeah, I think I I think I gotta agree with you there. Um, we can move on. Sorry, I I, I well, just wanted to get that in. That's okay. The other thing that the Vikings have going against them is they are $10 million over the cap for 2022. So, you know, that's not a lot. They could probably make that up pretty easily. But, again, they're starting over the cap. There's only like three or four teams that are starting over the cap next year. The Vikings and the Packers are both two of those teams. So, uh, interesting to watch. They have a big offseason for sure and potentially a new coach if Zimmer is on the hot seat. All right, let's transition to the Bears. The Bears, oh man, where do you start with the Bears? <laughs> and and if people can sense the joy in my voice, it's because I am a lifelong Packer fan, and it's it's fun to watch the Bears suffer a little bit. We are smiling ear to ear across the table right now. And don't worry, Bears fans, your time is coming because you know it, Fields looks. I mean, it looks like he's got some potential there. He does. the The problem with the Bears. And there's a lot of them. The biggest problem is their offensive line. Their best offensive lineman is left tackle Jason Peters. He's 39 years old. Yeah, 39 oh, years old. He's from Philly, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. He played a lot in Philly. Uh, um, he's a free agent after this year. I can't. I mean, I can't imagine he's going to come back. If he does another one-year contract but your left tackle then defending or blocking the blind side of your biggest asset your franchise quarterback yes is a 40-year-old left tackle and again no offense to Peters he's been amazing elite yes. well I don't know about elite but he's he's the best offensive lineman the Bears have phenomenal in Philadelphia yeah it's just God, there's nothing else on that offensive line. So I think that is where the um, the Bears need to look in the draft. The problem is they traded their first-round pick to the Giants last year for fields, so they don't have a pick until the second round this year. So they're going to have to wait. But I think with free agency, they have $44 million to play with in 2022. It's got to be offensive line. they got to protect fields. What He's already hurt, and – I would hate for the Bears to follow in Cincinnati's footsteps where Joe Burrow blew his knee out because they didn't have a good offensive line last year. You're going to spend the the assets to get Fields, who I think could be their franchise quarterback. you got to keep him on the field. So they need to spend the money on the offensive line. The other area I want to talk about is Allen Robinson III. So um, Robinson's 28. And I'll be curious to get your thoughts on this, Mike. In 2020, he came off a 1,200-yard season. He was set to be one of the highest-paid receivers. I don't think he wanted to come back to Chicago. So Chicago slapped the franchise tag on him. The good news for Robinson is his franchise tag is $17.8 million. It's fully guaranteed. The bad news is it's a one-year deal, and he is not having a good season. Um, it doesn't help that he's had the combination of a rookie 
and Andy Dalton throwing him the football. Red Rocket. And then you got a bad offensive line on top of it. Uh, he's had a rough year. I don't know what is going to happen with him. When I wrote my article on franchise tags, you know, I could see him going the A.J. Green route when A.J. Green left uh, Cincinnati, taking on a one-year, six to $10 million contract, kind of a prove-it year to prove to teams that he's the old Allen Robinson. I mean, he's only 28. He's the same age as Devontae Adams. I, I, I cannot see him being a Chicago Bear next year. Do you want to know something interesting? So I have contract terms pulled up for the Chicago Bears. Every single wide receiver for the Chicago Bears, their contract expires in 2022. So, so at the end of this year, their contract expires except Darnell Mooney. So I was just going to say, Mooney is the only one who might want to stay in Chicago. Yeah. Because he's the number one guy right now. Talk about Nagy coaching himself into into his own grave yeah right? well he's gone yeah that is and even looking at these contract terms and some of like khalil max there through 2024 expires in 2025 otherwise you have a lot of players here like offensive players that that are no longer going to be with the team this is going to look like a brand new team come 2022 yeah the problem is for the Bears, one, they, they don't have a first-round pick. Wolf. Yep, so you're not going to draft till round two. And we've seen teams try to rebuild through free agency, and it's not that easy, especially when you need so many different pieces. Um, so Allen Robinson, I don't think he'll be back. I don't think he wants to be back. I don't know if he's going to get um, – I don't know if he's going to get a deal anywhere else. It, it, he's going to be interesting to see what happens. And you don't, he, you don't think he'll get a deal? He'll get a deal somewhere, but I don't know if it's going to be to his liking. If 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 the Bears did not put the franchise tag on him, he would have signed a four-year, $80 million deal. Somewhere, yep. Somewhere. Coming off a 1,200-yard receiving year with the Bears, if he would have been able to look, he would have been, he'd have been set. I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to have to take a shorter year. I don't think he's going to want to take a four-year, $25 million deal. You know what I'm saying? So he's going to want to take like a, a one-year, $8 million, maybe a two-year, $20 million. He's going to want to sign one more free agent contract to try and get probably the money that he feels he deserves and up until this point had earned. But there are some question marks there, especially this past year which probably isn't all his fault. Well, he's been banged up, and again, he's got... The ACL. He came off of an ACL tear in Jacksonville, didn't he? Well, if he did, he bounced back in Chicago. I mean, he had an amazing 2019. He, he is the perfect example why players hate the franchise tag. Because he gets slapped with a tag, he was set to get a big deal... And then, um, and now it's going to kill his long-term financial stability, and he's going to have to prove that he can get back to, you know, that guy who can give you twelve hundred yards. But, so, I don't see him being a Chicago Bear. Some question marks there for sure. 
Um, so, Alex, anything else on the Bears before? Yes. So I got a couple Perfect. other quick things. Uh, the good news for Bears fans out there is there are three players on their roster who will not be back that will save them cap space. Andy Dalton, $10 million this year. Yeah, he will not be back. Nick Foles, $8 million. Is he the highest paid third-string quarterback in the history of the NFL? It has to be. How did that guy finagle his way into what, what he's been? Brilliant. How has that guy not gotten a shot this year? Andy Dalton threw four interceptions today. Yeah. Nick Foles can't. I mean, Nick Foles like was like the savior last year for like a hot second, and then everybody hated him again. But I want his job, $8 million to be a third-string quarterback. And then Jimmy Graham. He's not coming back. He's getting paid $8 million this year. Uh, he's a free agent. They won't have to pay him. So two players that I think they should bring back. Number one is Akeem Hicks. Uh, Hicks has been on the has been an anchor on the Bears defensive line. He's 32. He's set to be a free agent. He's battled some injuries this year, groin and ankle injuries. Um, but I think he can still be effective. My prediction is he resigns with Chicago. Two years, probably that 18 to 20 million dollar range. Uh, nine to ten million dollars a year, I think, is where that sweet spot is. And then um, the safety. I think if there's one bright spot, it's DeAndre Houston Carson. Um, if you believe in the analytics folks over at Pro Football Focus, he's the 10th ranked safety. Um, coming out of William & Mary, I'm going to guess his contract value is four years, $35 million, $15 million guaranteed. Um, I think the Bears would be wise to, to bring him back. Any thoughts on any of that? No, I agree with you. I'm just looking at the contract terms here for the Bears, and I think DeAndre Houston Carson is somebody right now the Bears are getting huge value out of. Yes. One year, $1.1 million. Um, yeah, I think he's still on his rookie deal. And we covered cuts. Uh, the only other person that I would add to that, um, Jesse James, tight end, making $1.6 million. And yeah, like but he's a backup to Komet. Really unremarkable. So I think I think he's probably somebody that, that they don't re-sign come, come the end of this year. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, if the Bears are listening, offensive line. I think through the draft and free agency, protect your quarterback, give Justin Fields a chance. That's where I would go with all of my off-season focus. All right, or or don't just <laughs> just just as Packer fans sitting here, or or don't do that and keep doing what you're doing, guys. Yeah, you're be the great. Detroit Lions of like the 2000s and just draft wide receivers. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of the Lions, now that this is a good transition, see, we should do this more often. Mm -hmm. Let's talk the Lions. Congrats, first of all, on their first win. Um, so uh, they got their first win. I'm surprised. You know, we talked about surprises. I'm surprised the Lions were this bad. Same. I, I think I undervalued Matt Stafford, which is what, and maybe overvalued Jared Goff. Um, and not to say that it's all Jared Goff's fault, but. I did not expect the Lions to be one ten and one through thirteen weeks. 
can we talk about that trade for a hot second? Yeah. So uh, that was actually my first talking point. Uh, the Stafford trade this offseason. So the Lions received two first-round picks, a 2022 and a 2023, and a 2022 third-round pick. And they received Jared Goff. The We'll talk about this when we get to the NFC West. The Rams do not have a draft pick, I think, until like round four or five. They are the Ben Riedel of fantasy owners. And that's an inside <laughs> joke between me and you. But they they have, between the Vaughn Miller trade, the Stafford trade, and I think there's one more out there. The Rams don't pick until like round five. So they're going to have a real easy 2022 draft because they just don't pick. So the Lions get Goff. Say Odell? No. No, because no, they picked they him pick up off free Wait. agency. Um, oh, it's going to bug me, but that's okay. That's okay. Well, the f- first and third round this year was part of the Stafford trade. Did they give away two picks for Miller? Was it a second and a fourth? It could be. I'm not sure, to yeah. be honest. That's okay. So, um, all right, so the Lions have picks. The problem for the Lions, when you look at Goff, I'm going to compare Jared Goff to Jimmy Garoppolo. So this year, Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter in San Francisco, but he's a placeholder for Trey Lance. There was just a report today, NFL rumors on Twitter, that Jimmy G is going to get traded. Well, no kidding, right? The 49ers aren't going to pay Jimmy G $27 million or whatever he's owed next year to be their backup quarterback. The exact same thing is going to happen with Jared Goff. So Goff's contract is $31 million of cap space, and $30 million of that is dead cap. So they can't do anything with him next year. Am I seeing this correctly? $110 million guaranteed? Yeah, so he signed his deal when the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yep, he was like on his rookie deal. He took the Rams to the Super Bowl. That was Sean McVay's first year. They lost to the Patriots, and everybody thought, this is the, this is the kid. It's the guy. And he signed that massive contract extension, and then less than – Two years later, the Rams were like, whoopsies, not our guy. If you're Sean McVay, you want half of that money. Like, you earned half of that paycheck for Jared Goff. Goff was a system quarterback in L.A., and Stafford's running with it. He's doing great, but that trade, you can you can tell the difference. Where Stafford really kept Detroit afloat. They were never a great team, but they he kept that team afloat. Goff might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL this year. Without looking at stats, blind eye test, he might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. All right. Maybe. I'm going to defend Jared Goff for a minute. Who is the number one wide receiver for the Detroit Lions? Yeah. St. Brown? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Is it St. Brown? I'm not sure. I should know this because this is my career. I don't know if I can name two Detroit Lions wide receivers. 
Amon. They got the kid from uh, Wisconsin. Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. Cephas. Quintus Cephas. Who's yeah. hurt right now. And then Josh Reynolds. Yeah, Reynolds, who caught the game winning touchdown today. I don't even know how to say his first name. Kaderil Hodge. So, other than TJ Hawkinson, who's a stud tight end, that's yeah. They don't have much there. Um, so I'll give Goff a little bit of leeway there. Not much there, but much like the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, Goff is not going anywhere. Goff will be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. They they can't trade him. No one's going to want him. Not for thirty million dollars. No. And they can't cut him because he's he's still gonna you're gonna your salary cap's gonna be charged thirty million dollars whether or not you keep him. He will be the starter. The question becomes what do the Lions do with the twenty twenty two draft? They have the number one overall pick. They're gonna have the twenty third pick right now, which is the Rams pick as part of that Stafford trade, and then they'll have the thirty third pick, the first pick in the second round. The Lions, the way that I see it, have two options. One, you pick Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. That kid's a stud, defensive end, sack machine. You know, you could go Kayvon Thibodeau there, the defensive end from Oregon. He's a little bit smaller. Um, I I don't know if I would go the Thibodeau route. What's interesting is, uh, speaking of Thibodeau, uh, reports today. He, so he's, he plays for Oregon, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, the reports are that he will opt out of the uh, whatever bowl game Oregon's playing in. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> like the kid's going to be the number one or number two pick in the draft, and Oregon's playing in I don't even know what bowl. Uh, but it's not the Rose Bowl. It's not the playoffs. Like Don't need to pop a knee in a toilet no, bowl no. game. And yeah. if you're an Oregon fan, you should be happy he's not playing because he's going to be – you know, a top two pick in the draft. So I think the Lions should either go Aiden Hutchinson or they should trade out of the number one spot. Because there are some ta- – I mean, if if you're looking strictly, we were just talking about wide receivers and need at wide receiver. Kid out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson looks good. So I don't think they should go um, – I don't think they should go wide receiver, though. Uh, I, I think they're – Offensive line and their defensive lines need the most help, which makes Aiden Hutchinson make sense at number one. If you can trade out of it, maybe you go quarterback. Maybe. Like if you can trade back to like someone like the Jets or the Giants who have multiple first picks, if you can get like you go back a couple spots and you get another first-round pick in a future draft, Maybe it makes makes sense to go like a Matt Coral quarterback out of Ole Miss, or like a Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Those picks don't make sense at number one, and quite frankly, probably not in the top fifteen. But if you're the Lions, do you take a shot at Goff's replacement? Let him sit for a year. I think you have to th- think about it. It's too important of a position, and Goff's clearly not the guy. How many picks do they have in the first round? Did you really touch on this? Yeah, Two. they got the first overall pick, and then right now that Rams pick is the 23rd pick. I'd be shocked if they don't take a wide receiver in the first round, if I'm being honest. Don't do it at one. No, no, there's no way at one. Uh, but I think somewhere in the first round with that second pick, whether Maybe they 23rd. trade back or not. Yeah. So, you know, I think 
I just saw a report that um, this might be the first year since like 2013 that only one quarterback gets drafted in the first round. Like scouts do not like this year's quarterback draft class. Fun fact about that 2013 draft class. Can you name the number one quarter, the only quarterback drafted that year? I can't think of it. EJ Manuel. Yeah. Wow. Where is he? Duke, right? Uh, Did he go to Duke? He He got drafted by by Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes. I I think he's a Duke product. Buffalo. Those were the dark days of the Buffalo Bills. Um, so if, if this draft class is as bad as, uh, Florida state, Florida yeah. state, I'll eat my words. Um, ACC though, um, if this draft class is as bad as that draft class, like the lion shouldn't touch them, suck it up with golf, <laughs> maybe be the, the Philadelphia 76ers of the NFL and tank for next year's next year's draft because I don't, I don't see a quarterback that's worth one maybe not even at 23 maybe one of those guys falls at 33 i don't know uh, tough anything else about the draft oh i mean i'm i'm just looking at prospects right now and like malik willis out of liberty yeah carson strong out of nevada you got ritter out of cincinnati it just doesn't seem to be the same level of talent now, who knows, right? Because this last year's draft class with Trey Lance and Lawrence and Zach Wilson was supposed to be like the greatest quarterback class to ever come out. And other than Mac Jones, fields look good at times, but Lawrence hasn't done much. Trey Lance hasn't played. He's been sitting most of the year. Um, I don't know, man. Zach Wilson, I don't know if he'll ever get his job back, uh, which is the most Jets thing ever. But And that's a big risk at one to – I don't want to say waste a pick, but you're using a pick on a guy that you're expecting to be the guy. Tough when when you're not entirely sure or there's there's some things behind you where, like, what strength of schedule? Who does Liberty play? Year in and year out. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, you look at, like, uh, Tony Romo, Eastern Illinois kid. I mean, there's, there's, there's guys that can do it. Yeah, the probabilities are lower. So quarterback is just a, is a crapshoot. You look at um, you look at guys over the years, even guys that went to big schools, Jamarcus Russell out of LSU, like the next like phenom, flamed out. Yep. Um, so it's it's just not a guarantee. It's a tough position to play in a hard league. I just don't see it this year at number one. So either trade out, or you pick Aiden Hutchinson. Get a guy who can give you 10 sacks as a rookie, and, and I think you build the defense around him. A couple of other notes on the Lions, and then we'll switch over to the AFC. Player to watch getting cut, Trey Flowers. Um, he's placed on IR. He will miss at least the next three games. Defensive end, he's only had one sack this year. He's got a $23.2 million cap hit for next year. If he's cut before June 1st, $11.2 million in dead cap, $12 million in savings. If he's cut after June 1st, $7.2 million in dead cap, $16 million in savings. And then he'd have $5.6 million in year two. Um, He'd be a guy I'd watch to get cut purely for financial reasons. 
you have anything to add on that? I don't think I have anyone to add. Someone that, like, Nick Williams, defensive tackle in a contract year, maybe maybe that's someone you, you, you think about potentially keeping. Oh, um, yeah, my one player they must resign, none. <laughs> I didn't see <laughs> anybody on Clean that house. list that yeah. – I mean, some of those guys are going to come back, right? You can't just not bring back 30 people or whatever, how many people are on that list. But there was nobody that I saw on that list where I was like, yeah, they need this guy to come back. Uh, Not that he's in a contract year, but DeAndre Swift having a pretty good year. DeAndre Swift. uh, Well, he's a rookie. 2024 is when his contract expires. So yeah, he's got a couple years. Yeah, but he's somebody that that I think you'd 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 want to keep. He's like the one shining light. Shout out to all of your PP uh, PPR leagues. The guy's a stud <laughs> in the PPR real. league. Um, leading the league in running back receptions, I believe. I I don't doubt it. I so you know I don't watch many Lions games, but on Thanksgiving, like. Every other play was dumping off to DeAndre Swift out of the out of the uh, out of the backfield. They just I don't know if it's their I don't know if it's their wide receivers. I don't know if teams are just playing off them and just knowing that like fine we'll let you dink and dunk to Swift and we're just gonna come up and make the tackle. But yeah, the guy's got to have I don't know fifty or sixty receptions. I would guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Touched on this real quick. I think they need help everywhere. This roster needs to be turned over. Um, but I would start – I would beef up the offensive line and the defensive line. I think that's where they need the most help. I think it makes sense. Build that base and then probably find your quarterback next year. That would be my my advice. They do have $40 million of cap space to play with next year. Um, so they, they can bring in some folks, but they have an uphill battle. Okay. AFC North. AFC North. The exact opposite of the NFC North. So after today, the standings are Baltimore 8 and 4, Cincinnati is 7 and 5, Pittsburgh jumps Cleveland, Cleveland's on the bye, Pittsburgh 6-5 and 1. Your last place Cleveland Browns right now are 6 and 6. Two two games out of first. Um a lot of games to be played. This division's tight. Really tight. Surprises. I mean, <laughs> the whole division, to be honest. Uh, biggest surprise? Cincinnati. What about uh, them? Seven and five. Under you or overperforming? Overperforming today. See, I think Cincinnati's the best team in this division. You're not surprised by by what they've been doing this year? No, and actually when I look at that roster, I would have expected them at this point to be the best team in the division. Interesting. The problem with Cincinnati is they're hot and cold. They can go out and beat anybody. They can go out and lose to anybody. Yep. Um, and they got they got they got whooped today by the Chargers. Chargers took it to them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, Burrow has just been so hot and cold, unfortunately. His chemistry with, with Jamar, like I know that was a talking point at the beginning of this year. 
nobody could have predicted what they've been doing this year. Yeah, I mean, the preseason, everybody was on Jamar because he dropped like six balls. Couldn't catch a ball. No, but once week, he's a gamer. He's, he's not a preseason player. He's a gamer. He's a show pony. Now, he's slowed down a little bit. I think teams have started to figure out, like, okay, kid can play. Don't let him beat us over the top. I don't think he's seeing single coverage anymore. Um, but you're right about that. That 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 chemistry there is top-notch. What is surprising for you, Alex, in this AFC North? Cleveland. Um, I think preseason, I would have picked Cleveland to almost run away with this division a little bit. They're now in last place after today. I, I definitely would not have picked them to finish last. No. Um, I think, I think probably between them and Baltimore preseason would be where the smart money is. Um, and with Baker going into a huge year, I, I, I would have expected more. Yeah, I mean, he's broken. Just in general. I mean, he's got torn labrum in his left shoulder. and Something else is ailing him. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about Cleveland. I think Cleveland's building their team in the right way. But, man, I, I, I didn't expect them to be in last place. Yeah. Uh, so who do you want to start with, Alex? So let's start with Baltimore. Um, Baltimore lost to Pittsburgh today. Shout out to Coach Harbaugh and the stones he displayed. So I love what he did there. So for those of you who may not have caught the game, they went down, scored with like 12 seconds left. They could have kicked the extra point to tie. He decided to go for two. I think that's the right call every time. You just had a two-minute drill. You went down, broke that defense, score a touchdown, like momentum's on your side. I think back to like the Packers playoff game against the Cardinals where they were like backed up and Rodgers basically threw two Hail Marys to Jeff Janis mm-hmm. of all people. And then like you tie the game, the entire you're on the road, the entire stadium's defeated. Like you have all the momentum. I think go for it. They called a great play. TJ Watt just got in Lamar Jackson's face and and uh Andrews wasn't able to bring it in. I love the call. I think I'm with you on that. Uh especially there's just too much left to a coin toss. Yeah, what happens if they um, go down and score a touchdown? I mean, I, I love it. I love it. Now it didn't work out, and now they're eight and four. They have a brutal schedule. I don't know if you looked at Baltimore's schedule. I haven't. So here's their schedule. Uh Pittsburgh today at Cleveland. They get the Packers at home, at Cincinnati, and then versus the Rams. They do not play a team with a losing record the rest of the year. So there are no easy games left on Baltimore's schedule. They are currently 17th in the league in points scored and 7th in the league in points allowed. So that defense has come to play. The offense has struggled. Um, So they got some question marks going into next year. Do you think Baltimore holds on to this division? I think Baltimore comes out of the AFC North. Before today, I would have I would have put a serious amount of money on Cincinnati. But man, Cincinnati just can't seem to string together a couple weeks and and they got they got handled by the Chargers. You said it best. They they can beat any team and they can lose to any team. Uh 
that consistency that consistency just isn't there. They played the Chargers today, who are one of the league's worst rushing defenses. And you have Joe Mixon, who rushed for under sixty yards today. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I would agree with you. I think the I think the Ravens probably will win this division, but man, it's gonna be a dogfight going down to the end. Mm-hmm. I don't see any team in this division making a deep playoff run though. No. Um just based out of experience, maybe Baltimore. Maybe but, but if you look at Lamar's playoff record, and I don't necessarily agree with quarterbacks having a playoff record, I think he's one and four. In playoff games. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the Ravens have not performed in the postseason up to this time. So do you want to talk about Lamar a little bit? Yes. And like- he is the $40 million question. So I, I went back and looked at Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson is going into um, a huge year for himself. He's in his fourth year. He is under contract for next year. He has a $23 million fifth-year option that's been exercised by the Ravens. So if the Ravens wanted to wait another year, they could do so. They don't need to do anything this offseason. I think now is the time to extend him, and I do believe he will get extended. The question becomes at what cost so so far this was again my notes are before today so i do not have week 13 on here but going into this week he's thrown for 2600 yards 15 touchdowns 12 picks 700 rushing yards though and two touchdowns in 2020 he threw for 2757 for yardage 26 touchdowns and only nine interceptions he then added 1,000 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. In 2019, the year he won the MVP, over 3,000 yards passing, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions, 1,200 yards rushing, seven touchdowns. Monster 2019. But he hasn't quite lived up to that since. Track has his valuation right in line with where Dak Prescott is, somewhere in that four-year, $160 million, 40-year, 40 uh, $40 million per year. It's expensive. I don't know. I don't know. If I'm Baltimore, I don't know if you pay that. You, you, the Ravens have to extend him. That you, If you're Baltimore, you cannot let, Lamar Jackson leave. So to me, I think the upper hand is in Lamar Jackson's camp. And can we talk about his camp for just 10 seconds here? Yeah, he doesn't have one. Right. He's He does not have an agent. He's So he's he, doing this on his own. And there's other guys that have done it. Richard Sherman's done it. Um, a couple of other players in the league have done it. But man... He's going to go into negotiations this off season. I don't know if he's worked. I don't know if he's worth Dak money. Oh, so Dak got four uh, for 160. Josh Allen, who's in this draft class with Lamar and Baker, and we'll talk about Baker next. 
Allen got six for 258, 43 per. I don't, I, 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 I wouldn't put Jackson at that price tag. I wouldn't. Think about it from an organizational standpoint. If you're Baltimore and you are looking at potentially not re-signing or not bringing back somebody like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to bring him back. Yeah, so that's why I think he has an upper hand in negotiations because who you're you're basically starting over. It's it's a quarterback's league, and you've built your offense around this style of play. Yep, you can't go draft another Lamar Jackson. That's a great point. So I agree with you. He has all the leverage. Do I think he'll get forty million plus per year? Most likely. I'm just saying if I'm if I'm going to put my front office hat on, I think his value is probably probably between thirty and thirty five. I don't think he's worth forty. No, no doubt. But uh, uh, you're worth what someone will pay you. Exactly. And uh, I'm with you. I believe the Ravens will will pay it because, like you said, this is not the year to start over. Um, and you're not going to find another Lamar Jackson. No. You just got to hope that you can build around him so they can get back to 2019 numbers. Because if you can get that 2019 guy who's got 43 total touchdowns and only six interceptions and almost 4,500 yards of total offense, that's, that's your, worth that's worth $40 million. Yeah, that's, that's your $40 million man. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so players, they need to resign Alex. So some 2022 free agents. <laughs> I got a couple of interesting ones here. Patrick Ricard, their fullback. Mm-hmm. I think, I think Patrick Ricard could become the highest paid fullback. <laughs> um, and if you were wondering what fullbacks get paid, right now that num- that honor goes to the uh, running back out of San Fran. But I think Ricard will take him over. I think he'll probably get a five-year, $27, $28 million deal, $5.4, $5.5 million per year. Um, I think he's worth it. I think the fullback is an important position in Baltimore's offense. Um, So he's one guy I had circled. Another guy I got circled bringing back is Kalias Campbell. So he's 35, six-time pro bowler, defense alignment, pro football focus, loves him. With him being 35, he's 6'8", 300 pounds, by the way. That's insane. Defensive tackle. Um, 35 is getting up there, but the guy's still playing. Would he be worth bringing back on a two-year, $20 million, $25 million deal? 10, 12 and a half per year? I could see it. Um, so he's an interesting one, something I'll be looking out for. Do you have anybody on your list? Nobody on my list. I yeah, I think Calais Campbell is somebody uh, who will be a real intriguing look into the next year. Um, Marcus Peters, Brandon Williams are two names that pop out at me, and I'm just looking at contract terms. Uh, Brandon Williams is defensive tackle, thirty three million guaranteed. This is, and this is his contract year this year. Um, I don't have stats in front of me, but I know I know he's he's a contributor to that defense. Um, 
somebody that I just want to see more out of in general in the linebacker spot, um, Patrick Queen. Well, he's uh, a rookie, right? I believe Queen was drafted this year out of LSU. Uh, the kid's coming on. If you follow any Ravens like local local um, local coverage, they're high on him. Um, so I, I would expect big things out of him for sure. Um, what about uh, biggest needs going into offensive line, specifically offensive tackle? Uh, no brainer. If you watched that game today against Pittsburgh. Hayward and TJ Watt just wreaked havoc. I mean, I don't know how many times Lamar Jackson's been sacked, but it's up this year. It's high, which if you have a guy as elusive as Lamar Jackson and he still can't stay on his feet, offensive line's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I think they should um, they should spend their efforts on for sure. Yeah, Patrick Queen was drafted in 2020, so he's a second-year player. He was their first-round pick last year. So I would expect big things out of him. I think he's coming on. I would have expected more, to be honest. In his second year, he's got two two sacks this year? Well, he's linebacker, middle linebacker, not outside linebacker. No interceptions. Uh, Yeah, just someone drafted out of the first round, I would have expected. I would have expected a little more production, but no doubt, Alex. For, I for, think for whatever it's worth, uh, Pro Football Focus agrees with you. Got him 68th out of 83 linebackers. See, makes me makes me want to go back on it. I just haven't agreed with uh, PFF at all <laughs> today. But no, no doubt. I think I think that's somebody who you're right. I think is trending upward. Hopefully, there's some more progress and some more production out of him. All right. Let's talk Cincinnati. So Cincinnati, it's funny. I have in my notes, best team in division. (laughs) They blew out Las Vegas. They blew out Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And quite frankly, they should have beat the Packers. If you remember, that was the game with the Packers on which kicker could miss the most kicks. Um, And they ended up losing in overtime. Um. And then I have bad losses against Chicago. They lost to the Jets, Ooh. and they got blown out by Cleveland. And then today they go out and get taken to the woodshed by the Chargers. So I don't know if they're <laughs> any longer the best team in the division. I'm going to scratch my notes out. Um, however, they're the seventh. They're seventh in the league in points scored. And they're tied for fifth in points against. Again, that was going into the day. They gave up 100 points today to the Chargers. Um, PFF had them as the fifth overall team, for whatever that's worth. Um, So I'm kind of high on Cincinnati. The surprise for me was how good Joe Mixon's been. Um, Why was that surprising? Just last year, I, I I wasn't as high on him probably tarnished by fantasy football standards, but the guy's having a a, a monster season. Um, He's a touchdown machine, and they are running the ball. Yeah, they're riding him. Uh, And they're using him in the pass game a little more, which I think has been that that X factor, I think, with Jamar Chase, 
that gives you a vertical threat, which which think, helps backs the safeties up. Yeah, everything kind of goes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been surprising to me. I don't know what to make of the Bengals. They can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. I think they can still catch the Baltimore, but they almost have to play perfect football. They get the they get the Ravens at home one more time. I don't know. I don't know who this team is. If they if they beat the Ravens, they will have swept them. So they'll have the tiebreaker head to head. I don't know, man. They have know. an uphill battle. That's that's for sure. Um looking at some of these contract expirations, they are stacked on offense. Obviously Jamar Chase is on his rookie deal first year. Burrow as well in his second season. Tyler Boyd is under contract through 2024, Mixon through 2025. Uh, so they they have a lot of star power on that offense. Yep, um, they do. They have a lot of money to spend. They have $61 million in cap space for next year. Oh, so wow. they can go out and the, the benefit is they got Burrow on his rookie deal. He's only in his year two, uh, so he's not making much in terms of quarterback spend. Um the player to watch potentially getting cut for financial reasons would be Trey Waynes. Um, he, interesting note about Trey Waynes, he's repped by Joe Panos. Uh, Joe Panos lives up the street here in Heartland. He's an agent uh, for Athletes First, former Wisconsin Badger. Um, so some local agency ties there. He signed a three-year $42 million before $42 million deal before the 2020 season. He's missed all of 2020. He's only played in two games this year. So let's call it $30 million in cash over those two years. He only played in two games. If he's cut before the 2022 season, uh, $5 million in dead money, $11 million in savings, just based on his health uh, and financial reasons, he might be someone who's on the on the cutting block there in the off season. Player to resign, Jesse Bates the third. Um, another agency note there. He's repped by David Mulugeta, also out of Athletes First, super agent there. Uh, that he's coming off his rookie deal. Um, he, he, he reached his proven performance escalator level two in 2021. He got snubbed out of a Pro Bowl last year, which cost him probably about 1.3 million dollars. Um, so for those of you voting for pro bowlers right now, there are financial ties to that. And all you Cincinnati fans who didn't get uh, Bates in, uh, you cost him some money. His market value, according to Spot Track, is probably five years, $71 million, with an average annual value of about 14.3. I think that's about right. That would put him as like the sixth highest safety in the NFL. Um. So I think right now he's making $2.8 million. So he's going to go from $2.8 million to fourteen a year. Uh, congratulations to him. I think he's worth every penny. Um, I know his, his, represent, his represent, representation. Words are hard. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> his agent, I should say it that way. His agent's going to do you know great work for him there. I, I think he's worth every penny. So that's the number one player I think Cincinnati should – look to resign anything to add there 
No, I think I agree with you. Um, I'm looking up Eli Apple's stats because he was somebody that had a lot of hype in New York, and I don't think he did a lot since. No. Like, it looks like he spent some time in New Orleans, spent a year in Carolina. This year, two interceptions, uh, not a ton of other things to really talk about. Um, so, no, I I agree with the players that that you named resign. Yeah, I think when I look at their needs for next year, uh, tight end, center, guard, and linebacker. So I think they need to beef up their offensive line even more. Huge. Got to keep Burrow on his feet. Got to keep Burrow healthy. And let Mixon run, dude. For sure. Yeah, he's proven this year that he can be that that workhorse. Give him the ball. Um, I what think about, that's where they got to go. What about CJ Uzma? He's he's in a contract year who's had a couple big games. What do you think about him? Do you bring him back? It depends if the price is right, right? Um but I think that's an area they need to address. I don't know if he's the future. He had a monster game a few weeks ago, but outside of that, and when you have a guy, when you have a young quarterback, like if you have a good tight end, that's a safety valve for those young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I am them, I would look at the tight end position in the draft. Some guy you can get in the second, third, fourth round uh, that can beef up that offense. Drew Sample is a name that's coming up here. Uh He's under contract through 2023, uh, but making quite a bit of money. I've not heard his name. Not that I watch <laughs> Bengals games religiously, but I haven't heard of him. And he's someone who's making, I mean, a substantial amount of money for as a backup tight end. I don't know what type of formation they're using in Cincinnati, if they use dual tight ends or not. Well, he was a second-round pick. Um back in the 2019 draft. So he's still in his rookie deal. Um, so he, he'll be under contract through 2022. I don't know what what he's going to be worth coming out of that. Interesting. But yeah, third-year player out of Washington. A lot of potential <clears throat> in Cincinnati is what I'm hearing, though. I think so. Um, man, if they can bottle up those games against Vegas – pittsburgh and baltimore and not repeat what they did against chicago and new and new york uh yeah i I think they could they could still win this division and that comes with experience right like they're a young team with a young coach with a young quarterback who is coming off a brutal knee injury so uh time to grow there all right let's go to maybe the most disappointing season the cleveland browns um 19th and points scored 16th and points against they are now six and six and in the last place in this division uh the guys over at pff love this team interestingly enough they're the sixth ranked team according to the analytics guys um the interesting thing about cleveland is they are in the exact same position baltimore's in for next year baker mayfield is the number one question going into this um I think he is going to get extended. I would put him, so right now he's got a fifth-year option of $18.8 million for 2022. I would put him in that 30 to $35 million per year range. 
I don't know if he's going to get more than that. He has the same leverage that Lamar does. Um, I don't see the Cleveland Browns moving on from Baker Mayfield. I don't know if he's worth $40 million a year based on his statistics. And going into a huge year, he hasn't really outperformed that. But again, you're the Cleveland Browns. Are you going to start over and try and find that new guy? I don't think so. So he's got the leverage. That's going to be their biggest biggest obstacle this offseason is what do you do with Baker Mayfield? He's he's such an interesting player because he's somebody who has consistently outperformed expectations throughout his life. Uh, he walked on at Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, did he win the Heisman? He might have. I know he was a candidate. He was a Heisman candidate. Um, and then to turn walking on at OU, Kyler Murray was his backup, just for reference. Kyler Murray held a clipboard for Baker Mayfield, Baker's senior year, and Baker turned walking on into the first overall pick. So he's outkicked whatever expectations have come for him throughout his at least short collegiate and like somewhat professional expectation. Do you know that uh, Baker Mayfield started his college career at Texas Tech? No, I did not know that. Yeah, he did. He was named the starter uh, before the 2013 season. Um, had a good start there. And then transferred due to a quote-unquote miscommunication with the coaching staff. Hmm. He earned. He was the Big 12 Conference Freshman Player of the Year with Texas Tech. Did he walk on at Texas Tech? Mm, doesn't say. Hmm. Okay. I know he walked on at some point in college. I would imagine if he was the player of the year at well, Texas Tech, he's not a walk-on transferring. So, um, this says here he transferred to Oklahoma in 2014, but had not contacted the Sooners' coaching staff. Um, he sought to transfer due to scholarship issue. And then in February of 2014, Oklahoma head coach Bob Stoops, Stoops confirmed that Mayfield will be walking on for the Oklahoma Sooners. So he did walk on at Oklahoma. He won a Heisman there. Yeah, and he was not eligible to play until the 2015 season um, due to eligibility and transfer rules. So he's, I mean, he's outkicked whatever expectations he's had of himself despite some run-ins where you had a police officer catch you on foot, dude. Like, I'm sorry, if you're a D1 athlete, He's no police. I'm and shout out. He's a quarterback. Shout out to every police officer. Thank you for keeping it safe, uh, keeping our community safe and whatnot. You should not be catching a D one athlete on foot. I'm sorry. Uh, he's a quarterback. <laughs> I bet you that officer couldn't throw a football farther than Baker Mayfield. Probably not. Uh, just just something about getting caught by by an average Joe that that leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I disagree with you in that Baker Mayfield is not somebody that I think Cleveland needs to re-sign. There's somebody 
he's somebody that I think they need to walk away from. Really? Yes. Uh, whether that's picking up an option and drafting his replacement or... So they've already picked up his option. So he's, oh, they did. He, yeah, because they had to do that before this season. He's set to make $18.8 million. Um, speaking of that, with those options and Pro Bowls, I cannot reiterate how important it is for rookie guys on their rookie deal to get selected to Pro Bowls. Lamar Jackson went to a Pro Bowl when he won the MVP. He's getting paid $23 million next year. Baker has not been to a Pro Bowl, $18.8 million. Wow. $4.2 million difference by getting selected to that Pro Bowl. So uh, that's important for these guys on their rookie deals. Any rookies that are listening, uh, go get yourself a Pro Bowl appearance. Get a bot on Twitter to vote, <laughs> retweet you as much as possible uh, to get that one-third fan vote as high as possible. I don't see Cleveland moving on from Baker. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he's able to get. I got him in that thirty to thirty-five million dollar range. That would put him in line with like what Stafford's making, uh, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. I think that's about right. Hmm. It'll be interesting. It's a big decision in Cleveland. Yeah, is he your franchise guy or is he not your franchise guy? Uh, what I do like about Cleveland is they've solidified their offensive line. So just this mm-hmm. year, they've extended their two guards, um, Betonio and Teller. They extended Conklin last year. Uh, they have their left tackle, Jedrick Wills, um, still on his rookie deal. And then they have J.C. Treader, the former Packer, uh, who extended in 2019. He's extended through 2022. So through 2022, they have their offensive line in place, um, and they have a stud offensive line. They've re-signed Chubb this past year. He's getting four for 12 for 48, excuse me, 12 per year. Kareem Hunt's extended through next year. Uh, their defense, Greg Newsom, their rookie corner, is a stud. Denzel Ward has been great for years. Miles Garrett's one of the top defensive ends. This team has the pieces. They just need to put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the biggest surprise in this division was that this team was not more competitive. Um, if you are a Browns fan, the good news is they have $37 million in cap for 2022. Um, I think their areas of need, wide receiver. Odell Beckham Jr., that experiment failed. They have Jarvis Landry, and they have Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think they need help there. I think they could also use help at the interior defensive line position. And then when I look at players to potentially re-sign, David Njoku. Um, to re-sign. To re-sign. Because um, they have Austin Hooper. Who hasn't done much. A lot of hype. You're right. Um and part of it, I don't know. They don't seem to utilize tight ends too much in their offense. Um, but, you know, Spot Track has his market value at $6.9 million. That would rank him at 15th among tight ends. I think that's fair. Um, he's repped by Drew Rosenhaus, for those of you keeping track at home. Miami player. Makes sense. That's Drew's backyard. I don't know. That's what I got on the Browns. Uh, a little disappointing. I thought they'd be higher performing. Um, they have the pieces. They just got to put it all together. I think I agree with you um, on the wide receiver track. Uh, 
Landry's a great number two, like a great elite number two. He's not a number one wide receiver. Um, so I think that's that's an area of need in Cleveland. I don't know enough about Cleveland. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'm just looking at some of their figures here. And yeah, Njoku is... I don't know if he's the number two tight end or the number one tight end, but just financially, he's the number two tight end uh, with Austin Hooper making just over $10 million a year through 2024. That's all I've got. Um, yeah, and I, and I don't think Njoku will get that money, but $6, 7000000 million a year I think would be fair. What about Jadavian Clowney? He's he's in a contract year. The former number one overall pick. I, I don't know what you do with him. Um, he's having a decent season, and anytime you're opposite of Miles Garrett, you're going to get less attention. But I think he's 32. Um, yeah, I did look at him. Years old? Qu- question mark, yeah. Oh, he's only 28. Yeah. Excuse me. Wow. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm turning 32. He's, he's he's 28, but with injuries. I think what Alex meant to say is that <laughs> that 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 he's in a 32 year old's body. But you know, another guy, uh, interesting contract. So he signed a one year deal with the Browns, but it was actually like a five year deal. He's got four void years um, to spread out his 4.5 million dollar signing bonus. So if the Browns let him walk. He's gonna char- he's gonna cost them three point six million dollars. Can you bring him back for something like that? Um, maybe, maybe you can. I, yeah, he's, I don't know what his market value is. Yeah, what is his market value for a dude who's? Do you have his stats? Pot, yeah. So he's only he, got three and a half sacks this year. Had had great years in Houston, and I know he came off of his so. Just for reference, his rookie year in 2014 popped his knee like one of the first games of his career. So was coming off of a a pretty severe knee knee injury and then bounced back four and a half sacks in 2015, six in 2016. And then final two years in Houston, nine and a half and nine sacks in 2017 and 2018, respectively. Then bounced around in Seattle, didn't really do a ton. Tennessee didn't put up a lot of stats. He's perplexing, right? Because it seems like he fits in Cleveland. He's on the other side of Miles Garrett. Yeah, that helps. A ton because you can you're assign. you double teamed or anything like that. No, exactly. So now you're looking at, you're you're still an elite player and you're you're looking at matching up with some type of offensive lineman who you're more athletic than nine times out of 10. Yeah. I, but I think if he's going to resign with Cleveland, it's going to be something less than he's making today. Agreed. Um, JJ Watt comes to mind when I think of no. somebody like this. Yeah. But JJ Watt's getting, he got two years, 24 million, pretty much all guaranteed. I don't see Clowney making 12 million a year. Not, not from a, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to make JJ Watt money. I think, I think, Injury Just wise, a team that might take a chance on him. Injury wise, I think. Oh, yeah, I think he's he's made of glass. Uh, yeah, so unfortunately, he hasn't had. He, he's only had one season where he's played all sixteen games. Mm-hmm. It's 
and and that's a tough position to be broken. Yeah, maybe maybe someone takes a flyer on him, five, six, seven million dollars a year. I don't I don't see him making more than eight. Uh, that's uh, that's someone that that I think has a question mark going into the off season in Cleveland. Yeah, for sure. I don't have anything else on Cleveland. Do you, Alex? I don't. All right, let's wrap up with Pittsburgh. <sighs> QB. Yeah, Big Ben. <laughs> so Pittsburgh, uh, big win today, keeping their playoff hopes alive um, against Baltimore. Twenty-fourth um, in points scored, tied for sixteenth in points against. Uh, Pro Football Focus hates this team. Twenty-sixth overall team. Uh, I have in my notes for Pittsburgh, they are who we thought they were. This is kind of who <laughs> I expected Pittsburgh to be. Um, Big Ben was kind of limping into this year. I always picture like Big Ben with all the ice packs over him, that picture from camp. I think yep. That's who I think of when I think of Big Ben. Um, Guy lives in an ice bath. Reports are that he'll he's going to retire after this year. I think that's probably the right move. Confirmed it too. Did he? This, well, he said this is his last year in Pittsburgh. I don't know if that means it's his last year in the league. But he confirmed Man. it's his last year as a as a Steeler quarterback. Yeah, and he signed a a quote unquote five year deal before the season, but it was a one year deal with uh, four void years. So again, Pittsburgh kind of kicking the can down the road. The guy's thirty nine. I can't see him signing with any anybody else. Um, he will cost the Steelers $10.3 million next year if he doesn't come back. His cap hit this year is $26 million. I don't see how Pittsburgh continues um, with Big Ben. I think it's finally the end of an era. They are going to have to pay for him in 2022. So if you're a Pittsburgh fan, I would get real familiar with the quarterbacks in this year's draft. Right now they have the 16th overall pick. Uh, that was before their win today, so their win, they, they may have dropped in that order. But, man, their backups right now are Dwayne Haskins, who's going into a free agency year, and Mason Rudolph. I don't think either of those guys are the answer. So, I mean, they're going to need to look at quarterback for sure um, because, yeah, I think Big Ben's done. They, I mean, they have $46 million to play with next year. Maybe they look out, they go out and look for a veteran guy, but my guess is they're going to look to build through the draft. They're kind of like the Packers in that regard. Uh, the problem is they may have waited a year too long to find the replacement for Big Ben. Um, not is, a great spot to be in. Is Mason Rudolph a sufficient no. plug-and-play for a year? No. If you draft? No, really. I mean, the good news about playing Mason Rudolph next year is you would likely get a top pick in 2023. He, I, I haven't seen anything from Mason Rudolph. Dwayne Haskins is the big question mark. He was highly picked. He was picked, what, 14th overall or whatever by the Redskins. He hasn't been able to find a home. But then I think didn't the Steelers start Mason Rudolph this year over Haskins? They Yep, the Rudolph got to start this year. So, I mean, they're not even confident that Haskins could beat out Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I don't know. Lots of question marks there. What at would quarterback. be what would be interesting? And hear me out on this: that 16th pick or wherever the Steelers end up drafting. What if Kenny Pickett's available? There we the go. The kid from Pitt. Yeah, what a know. story. 
<laughs> it would be a story. But is is he going to be your next franchise quarterback? Scouts I've talked to, not super high on this year's quarterback class. So mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's in a tough spot. I think they almost have to hope for a miracle run this year because I think the next several years are going to be – it's going to be downtime in Pittsburgh. Dark days ahead for sure. So player to resign, and I have this with a question mark, what do you do with Juju? Yeah, contract year this year. So I think Juju needs a number one guy. Now Deontay Johnson may be that guy. But Juju was phenomenal when he had Antonio Brown opposite of him. I I think he needs a number one guy to be a number two guy, to be a good number two guy. He signed a one-year deal to stay with Pittsburgh. I don't know what to do with Juju. It's to and and I mean crowded wide receiver core with Claypool who's showing up big. Uh you mentioned Deontay Johnson. James Washington has put together a couple great years who also is under a contract year. Uh I don't know what you do with Juju to be honest. I well, and what? the good news for Juju, he's got some say in this. I mean, they're not going to franchise tag him. They're not going to pay him $18 million or $20 million to be on that roster. So he's going to be able to look around. Maybe he needs a change of scenery uh, to kind of get his number. He's still extremely young. He's only 25, I think. Um, so it might be in his best interest to move on and find a change of scenery see if he can go back to that um back to that value that he was the year before he's also out for the rest of the year with a shoulder injury so he's only 25 though i i think it's probably in everyone's best interest if he finds a new home yeah i don't i mean and and if you're a quarterback who's looking for a home Pittsburgh, a great plug and play, right? Like maybe you don't look at, I mean, if, if, if a guy from Pitt falls like great, but if not, like maybe, maybe you look at like a, I'm not saying like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, but a Ryan Fitzpatrick esque guy who can, who you can plug in for a, a year. Andy Dalton. Oh God. A Renaissance man. Some, somebody, cause you have Najee Harris who, can touch the ball 30 times. You have potentially three wide receivers if you bring back James Washington and Juju Smith's Juju. Words are hard today. (laughs) Uh, Not to mention, the Steelers can pick wide receivers. Like Antonio Brown was a fifth round pick. Um, Before that, Heinz Ward, like old money and fast money. Yeah, Juju's second round pick. Uh, so they can and 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 I think Claypool was a later pick as well. Yeah. Uh, they can pick wide receivers. So if if you could find a guy who's looking for a home that can get the ball to these guys, they just they need to find a quarterback. Yeah, that's their biggest need. I agree with you. Other players to resign, resign. Um, I think their biggest need is offensive line. They also need help in their secondary at corner and safety. But one player they might 
re-sign would be uh, Turner on their offensive line. Uh, he's up. That would be one guy I might look at, but I think quarterback, offensive line, and then defensive backs are going to be in their future for this upcoming draft. Wow, that was that was a marathon. Almost two and a half hours. Wow. But we are not done yet. No, this is the best part. We saved yes. the best for last. <laughs> we made people suffer through two and a half hours. <laughs> for those of you that listened for these two and a half hours, uh, you guys are the real MVPs. You guys are the OGs. We appreciate you. Yes, and here's your treat. Top five names of players all time. Players, and I will say, um, I'm not sure one one person on my list wasn't a player, but but associated with coaching staff. Fair enough. I'll allow it. All right, I'm going to start. I'm going to ease us into this. Coming in at number five, a Pittsburgh Steeler. Another phenomenal transition. Maybe we are getting better at this. Mm-hmm. Plaxico Burris. Ooh, that's good. Um, don't let the guy hold a gun without a safety. He's lucky that his leg is the only thing that got hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little too close for comfort there. Right. Yes. And <laughs> for any football player out there listening, hire a bodyguard. Don't shoot yourself in the nightclub. Yeah. Come on. You have a guy for that. You have a guy that can carry Everybody should gun. have a guy for yes. that. Uh, my number five out of Wisconsin, wide receiver. Big fan of Nickelodeon, I'm sure. Nick Toon. Nick Toon. Nick Toon. Like the guys I mean, are you a cartoon? Are you a wide receiver? Do you have an illust- like do you have an illustration? His like- dad played for uh the Wisconsin Badgers as well. Really? Yeah, Al Toon is a, is a really good receiver. Fun Nick- fact about Nick Toon. I just think of Nickelodeon. He played uh, for the Giants, didn't he? Nick Toon. I think that's where he got drafted. Yeah. Uh okay. Do you want to do number four? Do you sure. want to snake it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can snake this up. Number four, Golden Tate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what I mean, what better name? And you could there there are there are spin-offs to this name that come to mind. Yeah, I'm sure grade school. Well, luckily for him, he was a phenomenal athlete, so he probably just kicked everyone's ass. But Golden Taint. Yes. Like, yeah. I let's mean, let's, too let's easy. just call it for what it is. Yeah. What's but, your, what's your number four, Alex? Haha Clinton Dix. Yep. I mean, yep. now Haha is not his real name. It's a it's a nickname I think his grandmother gave him. But what a great nickname! And, and to be no like, he the best part is he was drafted in the first round, so Roger Goodell had to get up there and announce him as Haha Clinton Dix. <laughs> his his full name is Hashan Trishan, nickname Haha. Hashan Trishan. Clinton Dix. Wow. I mean, you don't need to show me. I believe you. That's. I want to know what his like legal signature looks like. <laughs> Same. There's yeah. There's a lot of yeah. Some apostrophes there. Some some quotations. Okay. Uh, I'm so excited for my last three because they're all very good. Number three. This player has not yet played an NFL snap. He's still in college, but he is like, according to the draft Bible folks, 
the 17th rated safety. So I do expect him to get an invite to camp and maybe play on a roster. Safety out of Auburn University. Smoke Monday. That's that's his that's his name. I, I think the kid's going to be a player. I hope he makes it because what a phenomenal NFL name. I feel like I'm listening to a Key and Peele skit of like, do you know what, what I'm yes. talking about? Yeah, when they do like the uh, East-West yeah. bowl. Like Pro Bowl and, or yeah, All-Stars. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, that's that's what I feel like I'm listening to when, the, but the best part when is, I hear about The smoke. best part is the kid can play. I mean, starting safety at Auburn, 17th ranked safety in the country, probably going to find his way to an NFL roster. Smoked him. That, like, Smoke what, Monday. What, like what a better tagline, right? And like you show up on Monday Night Football with that name? Yes. I can't wait to see it. I'm excited. <sighs> I hope he makes it. Wow, that is such a good number three. Uh, my number three is Ha Ha Clinton Dick. So, okay. we don't, so, so we don't need to spend a ton of time reiterating what we just talked about. Um, do you want me to snake it and do number two? Sure. I got a feeling you're going to steal my number one. I might. Uh, my number two is Young Ho Koo. You did not steal it. Okay. Uh, kicker out of Atlanta. Um, I know nothing about the kid other than... Dude, it was money. So I did a report on the Falcons, like what they should do for 2022. <laughs> They're one player that they should resign. Young Ho. Yes. The guy was like the best kicker last year, 95% field goal made rate. He made the most field goals in the league last year. The Falcons offense isn't great, so they kick a lot of field goals. Guy can kick. Out of South and he's kicking out of South Korea. Yeah. From wow, that is out of and only high school. Ridgewood High School. Didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe because he was, I don't know if he was drafted or picked up out of Korea. Maybe he didn't have a college career. Kick and kick, though. Yeah, for real. Young Hoku, number two. What's your number two, Alex? TJ Hushmanzada. Oh. TJ, who's your mama? <laughs> like, oh. when, when I was in high school, he was circled on every fantasy football draft just so I could announce, TJ, who's your mama? <laughs> so many creative fantasy football names have been made not just out of like who's your mama yeah Hushmanzada. Hushmanzada. but out of this whole list tj Hushmanzada tight end like i think of that back or no front flip into the end zone mm-hmm. in cincinnati yes during the ocho cinco years yeah well, like i was an amazing receiver for the Bengals. but yeah my number two Hushmanzada. You want to snake this? What's what's your number sure, one? Because I, I hope we're on the same page here. Number one, to Brickashaw Ferguson. <laughs> the be, like, if there is a NFL blitz name that I could think about, De Brickashaw comes to mind. D apostrophe Brickashaw, and if like, <laughs> and the best part about his name is like, if you're an offensive lineman, like to have. Debrickishaw. It just sounds like an offensive lineman. It's intimidating. Name. Yes, um, and the guy was like a pillar on that uh, that Jets offensive line for a lot of years. He's probably seen a lot of bad football based on the Jets. Although the Jets did have a couple years where they were making it to AFC Championship games and whatnot in the Rex uh, Rex Ryan years. But yeah, Debrickishaw Ferguson. I think the greatest NFL name 
of all time. How are you? You're six six. With the name DeBrickashaw, nobody is stepping up to you. Zero chance. Yeah. And the guy was a stud <laughs> offensive lineman. Wow. Who's your number one? Is it DeBrickashaw? It's not. Oh. Uh, this is wait. This so DeBrickashaw wasn't in your top five. He's not in my top five. Um, my mistake because he definitely needed to be. Um, maybe Nick Toon's a questionable number five, but regardless, no, he was not in my top five. Uh, my number one. This is where my caveat of like players, but like maybe a coach, Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> Like, can we just talk about... He's the defensive coordinator for the Lions, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, I remember Uh, Jim Bob. He... (laughs) I just have so many, so many questions, right? Like, full name is James Robert Cooter. (laughs) But uh, is is there a more, like, southern, I live south of the (laughs) Mason-Dixon than Jim Bob Cooter? I don't know if it's because it's almost midnight and I'm tired or it's the beers I've been drinking, but that is like the perfect cap to the night. (laughs) (laughs) Jim Jim Bob Cooter. I'm so glad we snaked it and ended with that one. Agreed. There was a player uh, when I was doing my extensive research whose name was Happy Feller. I saw that actually. I saw that same list. Uh, I don't know when he played. It was in the black and white area of, era of TV. He would have been my honorable mention. I didn't think to look at coaching staff because you're right. Jim Bob Cooter is. That sounds like a fictional character out of uh, Friday Night Lights. It does. Yes. <laughs> like he's probably like the evil coach for, from the like the rival team. Right. Or or he's the running back coach for Booby Miles. Yes. Either one. Yep. <laughs> And he's the guy. He's the guy like pushing him to get a shot in his knee so he can keep playing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that was a good top five. That was a great top five. Uh, anything else, Mike? Um, before we wrap this up, I don't think anything else. Uh, long podcast today, but I think we touched on a lot. We we hit a lot. Uh, hopefully, it was fun and interesting for all of you at home. Uh, so, a uh, couple of quick things. If you want to follow Mike on Twitter. MRK Mikey. If you want to follow myself on Twitter, Impact Sports Management, uh, Instagram, Impact Sports underscore football, uh, follow my Substack article. Just search Impact Sports Management. You'll find it. I post every day. Um, the podcast will be released tomorrow. Also, a little treat for you all for the Thursday podcast, I will have our first ever guest. Uh, Woo! Yes. So, um, who is this, uh, mystery man? You'll have to wait to find out. Um, I actually know who it is for those listening. Uh, but you definitely need to tune in because this is an exciting name. Yeah. And it'll be great for those of you who just want to know what's going on in the game. Uh, if you want to be an agent, it'll be a great listen. And if you are an NFL prospect, it'll be a great listen. Uh, this guy's got a wealth of knowledge. He's been in the industry for over 20 years. Um, I'm excited to have him. It'll or just a, a football pause. fan is yeah. really what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to talk to him. Got a lot of good questions. Um, I'm excited for that one to drop. So tune in. Um, thanks for sticking with us. It's 2.38, almost 2.39, Mike. Breaking records today. Yeah. Um, 
So this was good. Um, appreciate you, Mike. Um, you as well, Alex. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace. And we'll talk to you soon.